Welcome, everyone, to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who's always at my side, Hosway. Yes, and it's good to be back. Yes, uh, I'm excited about comics. Uh, it was a it was a good week. Uh, I was off all week. I was on vacation, which was really nice. So I got to take my time and yeah, go to multiple stores. And I still miss stuff. So we'll talk about that <laughs> later on. Um, so if you're a creator being like, wow, he bought my number one, but he didn't buy my number two, it's because I couldn't find it. Uh, there's a couple of you out there. So, But yeah, uh, of course, we are going to talk about the comics of the week. But first, we always talk about a little bit of comic and geek related news. I say it like that because the first thing has nothing to do with comics, but I don't care. We're talking about it. Vin Diesel and David Toey are officially reuniting for Riddick Furia, the fourth Chronicles <laughs> of Riddick live action film to theaters. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of adjectives there, but yeah. Um, I'm a big Riddick fan. I always have been. I really, really like these movies. I love that Vin Diesel basically has a movie career to pay for him to make Riddick movies. <laughs> like that's the only reason he makes movies is to make money to make Riddick movies. I love that. Um, and I love the character. I think he's cool. There's a lot of really great stuff. And this one does appear obviously by the name, you might guess him going back to his home planet of Furia, which yeah. is a really cool idea. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, and I'm excited. Of course, the re- reuniting of, with him with the director, you know, like that's going to mm-hmm. make it really awesome. So, uh, what do you think? I'm, I'm a huge defender for Chronicles of Riddick. I don't, anyone set, I don't care what anybody says. It's a great movie. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, the whole point and the, a lot of the point of that movie, just like, they just keep referencing, uh, Furia. And it's just like, I've just been waiting to go, to go there. Um, I need to catch up on Riddick so I can actually be prepared for Furia. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Riddick is a great movie. It's way better than people say. It's more like pitch black than Chronicles. That's good. I fucking love Pitch Black too. Yeah, it's really good. But it's 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 like less of the horror thing, but it's definitely more contained. You well, know the sci-fi I mean? aspect of this, yeah. It's more on one planet is the idea. Like mm-hmm. so, yeah. All right. So continuing our relatively independent news, uh, Lee Motor, comic artist and Star Girl creator, uh, co-creator, has passed away at the age of mm-hmm. fifty-three. Um. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, some, something sad that has occurred. Uh, he co-created uh, Stargirl with Jeff Johns. Um, oh. He did a lot of DC stuff, including uh, Legion of Superheroes, which is what I remember, I think, mm-hmm. is the thing that jumps out at me. And also X-Force, which is the other thing that really jumps out at me because I'm a big Marvel person. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, uh, if you are looking to contribute in honor of his memory, they are, the family has asked that you donate to the Hero Initiative. So, hmm. uh, next up, I'm double checking here. Yeah, Frank Frazetta's shared universe is going digital. Now, if you don't know anything about Frank Frazetta, their art is insane and they do some really crazy shit that has mm-hmm. never been my thing but i totally get if people like it yeah I mean, it's, it's it's the shit it's like it's why you get into this it's so awesome yeah um they're all under opus uh which is a company that we've been loving oh. quite a bit lately and uh frank Frazetta's death dealer and frank Frazetta's dawn attack is now downloadable as of yesterday that's uh, awesome in honor of what would have been his 95th birthday. Oh yeah. So, um, 
So basically, if you go to Global Comics, uh, the first issues of both Death Dealer and Dawn Attack are available for free. Subsequent mm-hmm. issues are three ninety nine as always. But it's it's cool that they're making the leap to digital. Yeah. And um, there is a new comic coming from Opus, Frank Frazetta's Mothman, which is based on this 1980 <sighs> painting of Mothman. <laughs> that's sick as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So th- I think that's a really cool idea. So I just wanted to make sure to shout that out because it's definitely a weird thing, but a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Next thing, I just dynamite, man. They're doing good work, unfortunately. <laughs> um, dynamite has announced a new book. It's a solo series about Scar from the Lion King. I just sent you a link. <laughs> it's written by Chuck Brown. What? <laughs> with art by Trevor Fraley. Uh, yeah, I I like this already. I'm looking at these covers and I'm Fuck, like, that first cover is so goddamn good. That white cover is so good. Right? There's some really good covers here. <laughs> like I'm like, Whoa. You can't be doing this to me. I've been holding off, but like you can't just hit me like this. <laughs> I know, right? It's ridiculous. Like I, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to get this, aren't I? Um Yeah. Oh, so about Disney villains, fuck, they could just be doing more too. Yeah. Uh for the record, if anyone wants to check it out, the cover me and Josue reacted to was the Jonoy Lindsay cover. Uh so yeah, really such sick. a good shot. Yeah, so that's on my radar now. <laughs> Next up, um, CBR does have an exclusive preview, so check it out on their website, of the new series Phantom Road from Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Hernandez-Valta, um, which looks really cool. It's going to be launching, launching in March. I don't know if you've seen much about this, mm-hmm. but I'll send you a link right now. Uh, I mean, you and me have like this thing with Jeff Lemire where we're like, yeah, I'm going to try it. Yes, <laughs> so, sir. Um, but it looks pretty cool. It looks it looks like a Jeff Lemire book, like, and I, I like it. Even though he doesn't seem like he's doing the art, right? Um, right. Oh yeah, no. So you know, but yeah, I think it looks really cool. Jordy Belair and the colors, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, so. again, again with that cover, that crowbar road, and like these phantoms actually look really cool too. Right. Yeah. So cool stuff. And my last bit of independent news, I just. <laughs> Neil Gaiman is writing a new Sandman story. Oh, what? Yes. DC Comics is putting out a collection of the Sandman called the Sandman Morpheus Helm Masterpiece Edition. <sighs> Included in the collection are the Sandman 1 through 75. Fuck. Pro- prose editions of the Sandman, the Dream Hunters, Sandman Insights, and Sandman Overture. A series of art prints by Michael W.M. Uh, Kaluta. And a brand new Sandman short story written by Gaiman that is only available in this collection. Fuck, does this glorious omnibus. Oh. And it comes with a 15-inch long resin helm resembling his helm. What? I'm sending you a link right now. I know. I'm like, yeah, but, but. <laughs> like, oh, that's it, sick as fuck. Yeah. You can see the books in the background of that last shot of the helm. Oh, I see. Okay, cool, cool. That's that's the endless symbols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fuck, that's so cool. It's five hundred dollars. God damn it, that's not fair. <laughs> like I know. I keep staring. It's literally in front of me at the store. I've been eyeing this like really cool um like anniversary set of um Love and Rockets that I've always wanted to read, but it's four hundred fucking dollars. It's just uh, and I want uh, oh god damn it. Books. 
books. I'm going to start a GoFundMe to buy me one of those. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, all right. Very limited DC news this week. Uh, so we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, but I do have a couple more. Um, CBR does like a news roundup. So this is kind of a mix of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, first of all, Boom's new Expanse title. Uh, okay. This is the the show I love, of course, The Expanse. Yeah. Has broken a Kickstarter record. Um Basically, pre-orders went on went live on Kickstarter this week, and collected three hundred and forty-two thousand dollars by the end of the first day. Whoa! Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, three hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Uh, I definitely contributed to that. Let's just nerds. So. <laughs> Good job. Good job, nerds. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, going through the news roundup they have here, uh, DC. Um. I do show a couple things. Da, 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 da. Well, first of all, um, we found out that the new John Kit upcoming mini DC miniseries is going to cross over with the Injustice universe. Oh, 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 yes, that's right. That came out. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's if if anyone is if anyone is supposed to handle it, at least it's at least it's in the in the hands of the person who made the whole the whole. I mean, Injustice really fame or really popular in comics. And now we have him doing this really great character. Uh, I guess the only thing I guess like the only way to get excited for this because yeah, it is it is injustice. Um, it's of all characters that we've fallen in love with, John Kent will be the representation of this Superman meeting this kid that he never got to have, and which caused this <laughs> path of a dictatorship. So I wonder how like that'll that'll um, uh, hap- well, uh, happen. Well, I should tell you that we've found out that the crossover will result in the death of at least one Superman. I mean, it'll be that one, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it's, he's going to turn around and be like, I, I have a son. Maybe I'll be a good guy or anything like that. <laughs> It'll be dark later. It's going to happen. So, um, also Dan Mora has posted the cover for Shazam. Number one on his Twitter account. Oh, I bet it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's actually a very classic Shazam. Um, image. I'll send it to you right now. It doesn't scream Dan more unless you look in the face. Oh, I love it though. Yeah. Oh no, but yeah, all because all the homo- the homages to the pages, but him, yes, yeah. And then the last DC bit uh, that Hostway reached out to me today to let me know, but was on my list after I checked. Poison Ivy solo series has become an ongoing. We did it, people. We fucking Hell, won. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Poison Ivy later, but I definitely want to give that a shout out. So yeah, so well deserved. All right, so Marvel slash Disney news. First thing, I teased this this way before we started. There's a new show coming out in May called Young Jedi Adventures, and I'm gonna have to watch it. Look at this art. Oh, like, oh, that's so cute. Oh. <laughs> look, look at look at the little droid. Like, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> The shoes of Pete. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, damn it. I might be curious on this. Yeah, because it kind of looks like Star Wars Adventures The High Republic, you know? Yeah. So so I'm like, damn it. So, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Um, Next thing is, we have a new event coming in May called Carnage Reigns. Oh, yeah. And it does look like he is going to be confronting Miles Morales directly. It looks again, like again, like Carnage fucked him up bad like, last time for yeah. yeah during Absolute Carnage, and then even into um, King and Black. 
Like it, it was not a good time um, for Miles against Cletus. <sighs> I, I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Carden just has been on a such a dope path. Uh, I kind of want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> carnage i'm saying a carnage you're not reading know, the book bro i, I know what you're saying. i'm not saying cletus boo, boo. <laughs> so uh next up an exclusive interview with cbr hochi anderson detailed what happened to luke cage city of fire uh, i'm not gonna get into it too much because it's a really extensive interview and there's a lot going on there short version is they basically canceled it to protect the writer because they're like we're reading this and someone's going to try to kill you if we publish this. What? Yeah. Beca- because of quote, right wing nuts. No, get the fuck out. I need my hands on this book. Yeah. Uh, it, it's connections to quote, George Floyd and Kyle Rittenhouse is what it is. Oh, I mean like, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Obviously that's, um, I've seen some people say censorship. It's not censorship. It's Marvel's project. They can choose whether to make it or not. That's not censorship. That's not how censorship works. Um, obviously, it's a decision they made. Um, I I can see where they're coming from. I don't blame them for making that decision. Whereas it's not going to be a necessarily popular decision. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's their IP and they can do what they want with it. Um it's unfortunate. I hope it. I hope it surfaces someday. Yeah, but it's just like it's just crazy how like a, if they're just gonna be using these real world aspects or like stories that have happened, of all windows to do it th- uh, through would be a great Luke Cage story. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, put it out. Other than that, Marvel's got a couple big things coming up. Uh, we have the 60th anniversary of Nick Fury. Uh, with a new oversized one-shot from Al Ewing and a number of talented artists. So that'll be fun. I like Nick Fury. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, we also have the 60th y- years of the Avengers. Uh, so nice. that's all year. And basically, this is kind of like Avengers year is the way they're looking at it. Uh, oh, that's cool. Like, I wonder that it was on purpose to set it up that way with the uh, Assemble. Yeah. So we're there. Obviously, we're getting the comic book reboot um, with the whole timeless thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on. There's comics. There's gonna be new collectibles. All stuff kind of Avengers related. So kind of circling around that. And then the final bit of news, and I don't know if Hostway's seen this yet, so I thought you might think this is really cool. In May 2023, Hulk is gonna get an annual Marvel's Hulk annual number one, Ooh. and it's gonna be written by David Popose. Oh, and drawn by Kayo Mahato, who did Edge of Spider Verse. Uh, now, oh, cool. Here's the key to it: it's told in a found footage style. Oh yes, okay. I did uh, pass by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, a documentary crew is on the hunt for a monster at the heart of a gamma radiation link, but they get more than they bargain for when they're caught in the middle of a brawl between two unstoppable giants as Hulk battles Giganto. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm really excited for the story. <laughs> this should have been done like forever ago, too. It's a cool idea like, yeah. for Hulk specifically. So, yeah. Uh, that's all I got for news, unless you can think of anything else. Mm-mm-mm. We should have a lot more next week because there's going to be a bunch of reveals during the Super Bowls as far as trailers and stuff go. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get our first Flash trailer and stuff like that. So, so we can talk about how much we don't want to see an Ezra Miller movie. Hooray! So... <laughs> All right, let's move on to comics (laughs) and away from politics.
<laughs> I wish the first book was really political. <laughs> All right, we're going to start now with a bang, but a boom. And we're going to start with Boom Studios and Know Your Station number three. Nice. Kind of political, more eat the rich political, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Written by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Leona Kangas, colored by Rebecca Nolte, and lettered by Cardinal Ray. This is the one about the the space station with base, what seems to be a serial killer killing everybody. And yeah. the, the head of security is trying to figure out what's going on. There's a lot of good stuff in this one uh, where she finds somebody seemingly she can trust. I have my theories that she can't, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out how she got the job of head of security, which is basically she applied to be a dishwasher. And she happened to impress somebody randomly. <laughs> and they never hired a head of security, so they made her head of security and never trained her. Oh, no shit. They just were like, yeah, you're head of security now. And she's like completely overwhelmed. Uh, and so she's investigating the entire time, telling this person, she's like, is this a clue? I don't know. I have to decide. Like, it's just really interesting. Um, the AI on the ship is kind of like her best friend and has been throughout the series. Has Does kind of become like a sidekick in this issue, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think the AI is on the up and up. I think something's going on there. So, Ooh, okay. but really good book. I'm really enjoying this book. Uh, and it's, if you like yourself, some gruesome murder scenes. This is your book. Like, just this is the first page. Oh, what the fuck? All in a space yeah. page. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, all the people dying are all the rich people on the station that run the station. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's been really interesting and I really like it. So, uh, highly recommend picking it up. Uh, yeah, so uh, Sarah Gailey. Oh, yeah, so Sarah Gailey is. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sarah Gailey is the one that wrote Eat the Rich that we really right. enjoyed. So, similar themes is what I was hinting at. So, all right. Next up is Harrower number one from Boom. Uh, this one's interesting. I'm kind of curious to see where it's going to go. Written by Justin Jordan, illustrated by Bram Ravel, and lettered by Pat Brasseau. It's about like a small town and the people that live there. And there's like this urban legend about the harrower. who is <laughs> this dude. Okay. It goes around murdering people. It, it's it's kind of interesting. There's more to it than that, but I'm not ready to go into exactly what yeah, yeah. the differences are yet. I want another issue, but it is very gruesome. There's some brutal stuff, including where he just just oh, yeah does that clean swipe cool <laughs> yeah so it's really interesting i'm very curious to see where it's going to go there's a good twist at the end of the first issue too that i'm not going to spoil so but if you like a good if you like a good slasher thriller this looks like right up your alley nice so. what one of my local movie theaters is be showing um my bloody valentine right now so it's kind of like made me think of that nice mine is showing sleepless in seattle <laughs> that's cool and i was like maybe i should go no i'm not gonna go see sleepless in <laughs> seattle all right, next up is Dark Horse Comics. I got three books, starting with It's Only Teenage Wasteland, number three. Uh, of four, I cannot believe this, this is many. Uh, written by Kurt Pyers, art by Jacoby Salcedo, colors by Mark Dale, and lettered by Micah Myers. This is the one where the kids were throwing a party at mm-hmm. their house, and then the world ended, seemingly. Yeah, yeah. And they woke up, like, a couple weeks later. Well, something's going on because some of the other people there, like his sister, who wasn't there when they woke up, right, 
have been in this future for years. Ooh, okay. Like there's something, you know, timey wimey, wibbly wobbly going on here, and there's a lot of really cool action. Uh, you find out, like I said, she's been there for years, and when she showed up, like I said, there's some places that haven't changed much. Mm-hmm. Some places are completely run. Some haven't changed. Well, she found a Bass Pro Shop, and so that's where she uh, basically put up her base with one of the other survivors. And she spent years becoming a badass with a bow and arrow because she's in a bass pro shop. Why not? You know? <laughs> That's awesome. So she's like a badass now, and all the boys are trying to work together. It's it's really cool. There's only one more issue with this, and I can't I can't stand the fact I'm only getting four issues this because it's really really good. Next up is a new series, Stranger Things: Tales from Hawkins, number one through four. I got the Demogorgon cover, nice because it's creepy. Um, this is going to be like a four-part anthology, I think, is the idea. Script by Jody Hauser, art by Kyle Felipe, colored by Dan Jackson, letter by Nate Picos. This follows two hunters in the woods around, um, around Hawkins. And they're like hunting, and from context clues, you can kind of gather it's the day 11 broke out in the first season. Because uh, they're like... Did you hear about that crazy kid with a shaved head that, you know, showed up and huh. and like the dude, the the diner owner guy that dies in the first season? Yeah, yeah. He's still alive. They reference him as alive. Okay. So it, it pretty decidedly sets that. Well, basically, there's a Demogorgon that in the woods that hunts them and kills them. That's the whole story. That's it. <laughs> like, there's, there's no twists or anything like that. It's pretty great. Um, it does show how it's been affecting Hawkins since the beginning. Ooh, know, okay in a way that we haven't necessarily seen. So Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Next up is spy superb. Number two. (laughs) Nice. This book, man. (laughs) Written script art and letters by Matt Kent with colors by Charlene Kent. Um, This is the one where the, they have regular citizens unknowingly be their, their super spy by giving them little parts of a mission. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the last issue, the most unlikable character I've ever seen in comic books (laughs) is recruited and accidentally kills a Russian hit team. And we go from there. I mean, I, I don't want to get into specifics. It's fun. It's really fun. And he's still fucking awful, awful character. But he gets caught up in more. There's like um, a Russian assassin after him. And he's just like, he thinks he's being a spy. And he does things like, oh, you know, should I get in the taxi? Wait, I shouldn't get in the first taxi. They'd expect that. I'll get in the second taxi. And he's like, but what if they expect me to get in the second taxi? It's just like, <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> That's good. He's just, in, and he tries to go undercover, but he still has that same douchey mustache. I'm like, shave the mustache. <laughs> I'm like yelling at the book. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's really fun though. I really enjoy it. So next up, we're going to go over to, Black Mask Studios for a pair of books. First of all, yes. Destiny in New York, number yes. 12. Um, so this is the short stories uh, because we're between chapters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot going on here. Uh, we'll go through the creative teams. Uh, first of all, Jim Campbell does the lettering across the board. So just be used to that. Uh, so we got four stories in this one. We got the Logan McBride story, story by Ginny Owen Youngs and Kristen Russo with art by Megan Levens. Um, we got the Brody McBride, which is the kitty, by Lauren Riley and Pat Sham with art <laughs> by Eva May. 
We got Anthony. I love Anthony. Uh, Sterling Orc by Emily Ree. And Cherry Gilbert with Vida Ayala and Manuel Petano. Um, so, yeah, I really like this one because it transitions well between the two volumes, I think. Yeah. Um, b- being that I've read Head, so I know what's going on. Um, I like the the first story a lot where it's kind of her saying goodbye to the city. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like I I think the note at the beginning kind of sums it up perfectly. That's how I explain it. You know, you love the city a lot longer than you loved her. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's very true. So it's it's really interesting. And I've been there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Also, the second one, Brody, the the alley cat story. God damn this fucking story. I love. I, it's her origin story, basically, or his origin story. And I love it. It's cute. I love animal-centric stories like that. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get the Anthony one, which is great because it's done in like a cartoony style. Mm-hmm. And I I thought of this one specifically. I was like, oh, this one's probably going to really like the Anthony story. Like, because it's, you know, the whole like, oh, that's for girls thing. Right. It goes back, it goes back to his mom and stuff. And like, uh, <laughs> it was really, really good. And then, of course, Cherry being the fucking best character. <laughs> like... I, I like it all. I think it's all really well told and a lot of fun. I can't wait for the second half because I think there's at least one in there you're really going to enjoy. So oh, that's cool. What did you think? Surprise! Uh, yeah. So surprisingly, the um, the Logan story was like I don't I don't even want to say like my least favorite, but if I'm like going to rank them, I'd probably last. Though this is like the one that has to do do with more with the over overall story because it is like the next the honestly yeah the, the next chapter the the part that we said on the note is, is I really fucking love that line. Uh, but yeah, the alley cat one was just like almost got to me, and the Anthony one, yeah, for sure. Like, just fuck that mom, and just like, yo, let me tell you two straight. And it's like you wouldn't know this unless like he could see it. But at the same time, it's just like, why not just let them just have it? Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's so good. And then Cherry, just having Cherry's uh, backstory in this case, I just I, I, we already fucking love that character so much, and just like having these like exorcisms happen to her and like that's what's fucking uh harming her uh or in the end because it's like it's like her shit doesn't bleed over into the into that side if you're willing to believe it um but yeah it's just, it's so fucking good it's just, I, I i love destiny in new york it had been a minute since we've gone i mean because we had all the the spinoffs uh lately but i had missed destiny in new york and short stories are fucking great if you like that you will love cherry gilbert necromancer ah sick okay it, it, she, goes, too, Black Mask. She, she goes home is what Ooh. I'll tell you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, print that shit too, Black Mask. It's later. Oh, they man. will. I'm sure they will. But it's later. <laughs> so, I'm I'm happy that they've I been. I want to say between four and five. Cool. I'm I'm happy that they've been like picking up this series like and just like literally branching off with the other ones. It's been it's been great. A great a great book I, I recommend all the time. Did you see Gangster Ass Barista this week? Because I did not. For two? Was- no. Okay, I was told it was this week. Maybe that was a mistake. So good. I'm glad to hear that. So, all right. Next up, I know Josue has been waiting for it. Hecate's Will, number four. Yes. Yes. Uh, everything's done by Yolanda Zanfrantino. Zanfrantino. I never found my copy of issue three. I never got a copy. Dang. Okay. So I'm going to have to order it online, which I'll do. Uh, but it, it wasn't hard to catch up. And I really like what. Um, I really like what we got here. Uh, I thought it was some of the cutest little like, like lovey dovey sex scenes, which these two are so good at, you know, Lisa yeah. and Yolanda. So yeah, 
I really liked it, and I like how her perspective is shifting. And um, I mean, obviously, I feel very similar to this as I feel about Destiny New York. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it's because they're they're set similarly. There's obviously like a Lilith like like look to this character. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So. But yeah, I really enjoy it. I love them both. They both have like such great, impactful slice of life stuff going on. And this one was really great, and it ended in a really devastating note, which was just brutal. So um, I'm glad this book is back. We only have one issue left, from what I can tell. So what do you think? Uh, I-, I love this book so much. It's so, so fucking much. <laughs> this issue fucking hit, hit hard. Um, th- there was a lot of punches. Like, the last three issues are just like having like, these like small beats of like, yeah, like progressing the story, but all of those have kind of been like culminating to like this one. So like, I'm don't even know how the fuck we can like, just go into like what you said, the ending like and ending. Um, yeah. I just want so much more out of it. Um, I love, I love all the characters. Like, yeah, the, the first scene is just like for how spicy it is. It's just, it's also just very, very cute, uh, very cute moments. The whole scene with Amber and just like, being just like so wise and being like, you know, I, I, I get what you asked me for, but just present this as an option um, just because you never know. And then like the next scene, it's just like, hey, okay, just like taking it to him and just like, yeah, there's also this like, you know, just like, but it's all up to you. I, I fucking these are having like my favorite moments. And there's like, there's like another stronger scene like in three, which I can't wait for you to get um, that just like this is why it, this scene adds to that. Um I love everything to just, and then like, like the fucking fight where it's just like, ah, uh, it's just like, just, uh, just fucking slow it down. Just like take a fucking second. It's, it's, it's really fucking good. The outing to the fucking, uh, just having to go tag something and it just goes, oh fuck. Everything just hits so fucking hard towards the end. Um, that just, uh, I think it's, yeah, for sure. It's, it's been like my favorite book out of, out of them, but that's just like the solo book. But still, I just, I fucking love Yolanda's book on this one or work on this one. Yeah, it's really good. So nice. All right. Next up, Postway is going to shift us over to a uh, publisher we haven't talked about in a while. So let's talk about Mad Cave Studios and Tales from Nottingham. Yes. Tales from Nottingham, written by David Hazan, art by Shane Connery Fulk, colors by Luca Romano, and lettering by Justin Birch. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be an anthology. I think two part is usually how these, how these kind of go. Uh, but this whole thing is. Um, is based on the on the assassin that we're talking about, uh, Hazma, and kind of how she oh she had like like her lover like her husband, and there were these like duo assassins basically, and like or how they how they met up like they were, like how they met up and they fell in love and just they started seeing out this uh, this journey, um, and they were kind of like the ones who might have inadvertently caused <laughs> like the war in the end, um. It, it's not. It's not. It's not completely the, the blame to them because yeah, like they they have a their own fair share of guilt. But um, it was because of how they uh, because of the, there's a, they came to a point uh, where the husband had to like basically get caught so she can go free, um, and so she's like stuck on. The, so she's been stuck on this fork where she's been wanting revenge. But there was a thing that she did kind of like in between here where it might have caused a ripple effect down the down the line into like the rest of the stories it, it was a good one I've, I've been missing nottingham so much um it was supposed to be like a one sh- a, a one mini and they got to like we got the sequel and i think now we're leading up to i think hopefully this is, is a, the standard for the the third one nice 
All right, switching publishers again to another one we haven't talked about in a while. Uh, Sumerian Comics, formerly Behemoth. And I'm going to talk about how I became a shoplifter, number one. Uh, so this one's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed reading through it. So it does have like a mini anthology feel because there's multiple stories with different artists. It's mm-hmm. just generally the same creative team or same writer the entire time, which is uh, Tom Brayfogle. Uh, but... I'll go through creative team real quick so we can talk about it. Uh, Pencils and inks for the first part by Daniel Hilliard with colors by Antonio Fabello and letters by Becca Carey. Um, second one is Pencils and inks by Jimmy Kusich and colors by, and I'm very happy to be able to say this name at least one more time, Dejo Lima. Oh. Um, yeah, so I was, you know, every time we see it, I'm like, that might be the last time I say Dejo Lima's name on the show. That's unfortunate. Rest in peace. Um, Pencils for the second part, Pencils and inks by Gabriel Falzone. Colors and inks once again by Dejo Lima. And then uh, the last one, Pencils and Inks by Jordi Perez with colors by Chris Peter and letters by Hassan Atsmani and Hau. This is about two boys and basically their adolescence and it, it travels forward in time with each story and how they're basically delinquents and they break all the rules. <laughs> and it's great. Um, they, in one of the stories, their older brother or one of their older brothers, one of theirs older brother, there we go, um, beat the crap out of them because he's an asshole and they come up with a plan where they shoplift a bunch of stuff. Uh, and one of them gets caught. They're like, no, the mission's too important. And the other one takes off and they fake like a satanic ritual in the brother's closet and find it for the parents. <laughs> okay. And the parents ground him and he's like, but the Marilyn Manson shows on Sunday. And I'm like, he's better <laughs> off. So that's what <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so that's the first story. The second story is these, the two cutest girls in school that they want to hook up with are like, can you get us weed? And they're like, if we get weed, we can hang out with them. So <laughs> um, they the only drug dealer they can find is uh, a juggalo, so they have to learn to speak juggalo. Uh, so <laughs> one of the, you find out that one of them knows how to speak juggalo and is ashamed of it. He's like, I'm, you're my friend, so I'm going to tell you, but don't tell anyone else. In 1993, after my parents split up, my mom didn't turn to drugs. She turned to the insane clown people. <laughs> It's, it's his mom right there. No, no. And then she is right there getting tatted up. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, um, a few months later, my grandparents saw how much their music was helping her. Bam. They morphed into Juggalos, too. No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, before puberty hit, half my family tree was secretly covered in black and white face paint. It's my deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> So they buy the weed, they go back, they smoke. The girls are like, thanks for picking up the grass, cutie. And one of them kisses him. And he goes, whoop, whoop. And the girls are like, oh, are you juggalos? And they leave. So oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Um, and in the last story, basically, they find out those girls like Smash Mouth. Although it's called Mash Mouth in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sneak backstage and take a picture of the lead singer of Smash Mouth uh, with cocaine up his nose jerking off. No, so yeah, <laughs> it's a weird book, but I love it. <laughs> so, um, great stuff. Pick it up if you like that kind of thing. It's got a real, real indie punk edge to it that I really enjoy. Okay. Like, the art's very erratic, and I like the story. It's very interesting and weird. It's cool. So, next up, let's talk about Image Comics. We're going to start with Two Graves, number four, which is a great book that I was not able to get a copy of, even though I went to four stores. Put it on so, your pull list. I know. Dude, I got... Okay, wait. We're going to take a moment here. 
I called Samurai Phoenix and I was like, hey, I just want to check if you have some issues before I drive down there because it's a fucking bitch of a drive. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, and then I listed a couple off and he's like, no, we don't got that. No, he's like, we had a couple, but they're all subs. I'm like, okay. And he goes, you know, you should really put everything in your pull list. <laughs> God damn it. And I was like, listen to your fucker. Like, I was like, I, w- I want to be like, I spend at least $600 a month on comic books. Yeah. Do not fucking tell me how to buy comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, but here's the thing. If it's Scout, you don't get it regardless, okay? Like, even if it's uh, on my list, you'll be like, oh, we couldn't get it. Oh, great. I'm so glad it's on my list. When I get it three weeks late and I've already read it and I have to pay for it again, awesome. Thanks <sighs> for the pull list. But yeah, no. <laughs> no, I didn't say that on the phone. I was like, yeah, I know. And then I just read the next one. So I shut him up. So anyways, I will find a copy because I always buy them online if I have to. So Two Graves, number four, Hostway, creative team, and tell us about it. Sweet. Uh, story by Genevieve, Genevieve Valentine, art by Annie Wu, um, also covered by Ming Doyle, gets a shout out. Um, colors by Lee Lufridge, and lettering by Adita Betacar. So, let's just see. <laughs> Fuck. The first half of the book, I, God, it's so hard to talk about this book, because it's like, I still don't know where we're going. I love that. It's like, I can say that cause it's like the whole book is a journey, but it's like, we've gone to a point where maybe now like the ghost, I don't say wants to give up, but the whole thing, the whole thing was just like, we can't touch because like, she's like too dangerous for him or for anyone. There's a part where like, there's a part where she's like, she like wants to like take the reins over and now maybe, go after the people before they cause um, the crisis uh, before they, they cause like this actual harm to someone else. And then she has to get involved. But then like, but the ghost starts being like, well then what, but then what's the, what's the point of me basically? Like, then you're going to stop the deed. Like the, then there's no point. Yeah. There's no point for his job, but obviously she wants to save someone else. Um, so it's kind of like, maybe he is getting tired of all of, of all of it. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't necessarily say that he, that she's right. But maybe it's time for her for maybe it's time for for her to finally like do like the initial the actual final touch. So maybe like to kill him. And before that happens, like she realizes maybe she can still use him for one more thing. One more thing makes him stay, leaves, and then the rest that the second half of the book is her finally confronting those three ladies that are, that have, that have been after them, and so they finally get a voice. And again. I don't know what it all means because she, she fights she fights all three of them, um, and then there's like a blank, and then he finds her. I don't I don't know if they comes to the rescue, but I guess he finds her again. Um, it's it's one of my favorite mysteries because like I want to know what what's what, what's going on so bad, but I love the delivery. I love how it's delivering it. I love obviously I love the artwork in this. Like it's just like so. It's like if you're if you're gonna pace yourself because I get more art art out of this, so be it. I just I love looking at two graves nice yeah i will definitely catch up i just yeah i need to actually find it so mm-hmm. i mean that's a good sign if it's selling out you know what i mean yeah no for <laughs> sure that, that's what i know that see like because i'm the same way too like there, there are books where like i won't put in my pull list like i have a through comics hub what pretty much what everybody uses um i have six pages worth of 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 a pull list granted i had maybe a page and a quarter or stuff that's been like over um, but it, it just keeps growing. So I get it. Like, I also do also wait, but I wait until it is selling out on me or if I'm like, Oh, I got the last one off of the wall. Then for sure. Put on my pull list. Cause like either if it's a mini or not, 
Um, I think can cancel it later. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I buy so many books. It's like, mm-hmm. what if I hit hard times and they have oh, like yeah. 30 books for me in there? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. Next up is a number one, Monarch number one. So I got this. Nice. Uh, I, th- I think you would really like this if you give it a shot. So, um, written by Rodney Barnes. That's right. No, yeah, I was going to get it. I'm, I'm considering this book. Yeah, because I didn't because I didn't I didn't pick up on Philadelphia, and that's been a book where I should have been up on since from the beginning. So I should read this one. Yeah, so written by Rodney Barnes, art by Alex Linz, colors by Luis NCT, uh, colors assist by Mar Silvestri uh, Galato, and letter by Marshall Dillon. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I will say that it is about an alien invasion, and it's done really cool. Um, it does have to do with a. Um, a grade school, if you will, and the kids in there. And it is, it does appear to be um, probably inner city, uh, not the best school. There's like a fence around it, it locks and stuff like that. And like, there's pretty high security. So, but it's really cool. It's really grim, but it also deals with like the interpersonal relationship of the kids really well. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. It's one issue, obviously. So I don't yeah. know too much yet. But I really like what I've seen so far. So it's definitely cool. worth a sub. If, if you are a fan of something like Philadelphia, um, I'm trying to think of something else I would compare it to. Um, I can't. I can't think of anything else to compare it to, to be honest with you. So uh, definitely check it out. If you like like stories, like this sounds weird, but something like The Faculty or, you know, something where it's like oh, a bunch of teenagers yeah. on their own doing their <laughs> Stay thing. Stay no more. I fucking I have this weakness for The Faculty. <laughs> Yeah, me too. But like that kind of thing where it's like a bunch of teenagers having to do their own thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can't count on adults necessarily. Yeah. And they have varying person. Basically like action breakfast club is essentially what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah. I really like it. I think it's really cool. So um all right, Josue, back to you for time before time twenty. Oh, time before time number twenty. So uh yeah, right uh written by Roy McConville and Declan Shelby. Uh art by Jorge Coelho. Uh, colors by Chris O'Halloran and lettering by Hassan Otsmane Elhau. Ah, man. So it's starting to make sense again. Um, it, the, the prologue opens up with um, uh, Nadia's sister and her mom, like when they first get to that past past to who, what is, uh, no, from 2040, 2042 back to, yeah, negative, oh, wait, one, that one million, yeah, to negative four billion. Uh, 0.6 and uh, and basically gives them the rundown being like yo you can go over here it's it's basically a, a paradise or you can stay and you're basically going to be slaves to the syndicate forever like you don't like how what everybody else goes through and what Tatsu just like how wait, uh, wait, how he sent people off too so obviously the chosen path um, Nadia's sister has, has been trying to convince her being like oh he's like later no no being like so like we went through our own shit too like mom basically almost like died on me too, because there was no going, there was no going back to uh, <laughs> the future. Um, so she had to start over too. Like, it's like, you can't falter for wanting a new life with, the, with, with someone else. Like, and then realizing that it was never going to change. Maybe there was a way if she can work it from the, from inside the system. And evidently now she's kind of like running the place. Um, and also, and also a, a quick fact, uh, which I, I didn't see it until now. I still kind of don't, um, but based on like time, 
um, if we're still considering that now, um, the little sister now technically is the older sister. Um, but I, I still thought she was like younger, but I guess I can see it now. <laughs> um, but anyway, Nadia has been going to the storage uh, facility every night uh, with Kevin, the robot who is supposed to, who is completely outlawed. Like it's, there's a whole ban. Like they left that future because of the whole robot uh, um, um, war to this way. Uh, to be away from it. So no robots. There's some technology, but no robots. So Kevin has been trying to see if he can, uh, they have a, basically they have a week before they clear out the source con- container and they get rid of that pod. And he's been trying to see if he can fix it. So for at least uh, for him to go back to the future um, and she can, and she can stay. Cause that was the whole point of the story, but not, not really liking it over here. We know she finally got what she's been looking for. It's become a whole thing. It's like, why the fuck? Like, you got your family. Just like let them be happy in their own way. Um, it's it sucked anywhere, everywhere that you've been to. Why why can't it be shitty over here? But now you actually have at least the other half of your family has been looking for. Nadia, I don't get you. <laughs> anyway, back at the future um, with the actual syndicate, um, this place started to make uh, start, uh, finally started making sense. Um, the blonde guy that was been like the son of like the villain from like the first arc, he finally basically took over. Um, now, like the next century, like the the syndicate that ru- that runs the next century, and like they they worked out this deal, and he might now have plans, or at least like might have a heading to to maybe even go to this past past. Uh, so we'll see about that. Um, the mom basically like, so we, the reason why I know so and the mom also find no oh, she's been ta- uh, Nadia's been being tailed every night, so the mom knows that she's been going to this facility, doesn't know why. Um, so she really sends the daughter to be like, yo, just go find out, and the daughter just confronts and be like what's up with you going here and the bag um and i was kind of like yo don't don't look through my shit they rip the, they fight over the bag it rips open kevin gets exposed um and then we cut to back to at least the year shy of the year four uh four thousand where we left off with that bounty hunter and we find out that tetsuo is still fucking alive and looking better <laughs> they might i'm not sure wait that's the thing. Like he looks not completely irra- irradiated where we left him. Is this like a different time displaced Tatsuo that they're just going to want to force answers from that just now hit me. Cause I know he, he looked, he looked better, but it, the whole, it hadn't really clicked for me yet. Uh, I fucking love time before time. I'm so glad it's just, it's still around. It's still going. Nice. All right. That goes to another Hostway solo. That Texas Blood number twenty. Yes, and I wasn't gonna go past Time of Four Time if I wasn't if, without that Texas Blood, which I've been holding out. Or I, I didn't get nineteen. I had to go buy buy the Cosmic Monkey, and I've been sitting on issue twenty, which I'll be talking about. Um, issue nineteen wrapped up the last arc. Um, it was very awesome. Um, I love that. Um, uh, fucking the secretary. Um lady basically just like fought the fucking killer all by herself in the fucking snow it was it was awesome like fucking like no thing well, i mean like the sheriff like popped two shots but they weren't the kill shot that, that she that she initiated um it, it was great but um i'm gonna be talking about issue 20 uh that takes his blood but <laughs> these are funny by chris out of control writer condon and jacob disgruntled artist phillips uh color assist, color assist pip uh, color assist by Pip. What are these two on about, Martin? And that's it. <laughs> There's the uh, nickname quotes. Anyway, this um, this thing I love about that Texas, that that Texas blood, where it's a very grounded. These like 
sheriff, small town sheriff stories, um, or like these murder cases that, yeah, they happen, but there's this like a foundation of like, is this a supernatural story or not? There's, I don't know, you can't even say elements. So it's like, though, so the second arc did have like, um, the, the, main uh, antagonists were part of this cult, but nothing ever transpired, nothing opened or anything like that. Um, there was this other birthday uh, special issue that was just, it got weird. It got kind of dark, uh, but again, nothing actual concrete. Um, this one is issue 20 is the Christmas special and you get this creepy ass face. Um, and it, and the, so, and the whole thing it's, it does that, but then it takes it away. So the whole book is, um, who is, oh yeah. So the sheriff, it's, it's a story like when, about the sheriff, like back in his younger days. Um, and with, um, it's, it's a story that his son makes up. Like he basically drew all these fucking pictures and he has a story. And he has like this sheriff story. Um, and it's basically like this, like this mummy sheriff, like this old Western, old fairy tale Western, basically like, fucking, uh, you're an off, a spinoff from, uh, uh, West of Sundown. It's, he basically tells a spinoff of West of Sundown. This like mummy sheriff that fights uh, this mummy sheriff that fights uh, this vampire, but he fell on his two teeth like on a rock, so he lost his fangs. So he su- he sucks blood off of these like bendy straws. It that I lo- I love that detail. I thought that detail was super fucking cute. Um, but it's ridiculous because then like because then um at some point um the the mummy sheriff wrangles um because the the dead start coming back to life. So then it's like in the old west. So he gets to con- commandeer a fucking fossilized pterodactyl. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's still very that Texas blood. It doesn't get there's he's like, it's a kid story in this case, so it's not doesn't get um super murdery. But again, you're playing on these like supernatural elements by not really putting them in the book. And I, I, I just I've been loving these teases from this book because I, I just I'm waiting. I'm waiting to be like, aha, I fucking told you. But when it doesn't happen, I'm still okay with it because it's still such a good, like, um, um, fuck no country for old men, like tale at the same time. It's, it's really good. That's his blood. I have to be, I have to be reading this like small town, um, share of story with this like crazy fucking sci-fi, um, time travel story. They just have to be together for me now. <laughs> nice. All right. Now our shared image gospel yes. number four. Uh, obviously everything by Will Morris uh, in this case. So uh, Color Assist by Holly McKintho. Uh, I loved this issue. It mm-hmm. had such a grim... It's, it's, it had a really grim fairy tale to it. Like the story of the giant and the fall of the giant and what happened to him was just so fucked and great at the same time. Um. And we get to see our heroes, you know, bicker. They have a problem with each other. They have to resolve, you know. And I thought that was really cool to see them, like... Because they've, they've kind of taken pot shots at each other and stuff. Yeah. It's obvious they're comfortable enough with each other to, to do that. But this is the first time we've really seen them, like, outright disagree. And, of course, it's over the English translation of the Bible, you know. So, um, <laughs> which is really funny to think about today. But you know what I mean? Like... yeah. Yeah, we won't get into that. So, <laughs> religion and politics, one podcast. Don't expect <laughs> that. Um, so, um, I really liked it. It's my favorite issue so far. I really, really, really liked it. Um, I think that uh, it was my favorite issue for Matilde so far. 
right. she was fucking great in it. And this is mm-hmm. what really sold the book for me. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I'm very curious to see where it goes. And I want to see, you know, what forces come against them now that the stalker failed. And, and yeah, it, is their mission going to matter in the end? Like, I, I think it's really cool. So what do you think? You know, yeah, you know, I really like this book for like each issue getting better and better. Not that it started bad, but it's just like the way it's slowly elevating itself. Because again, like there's still something that we don't know about it, and I like that uh, there might have been a highlight for it when she takes out her ring. Wasn't that the ring that's like in the forward? I think one. Of, I think there's a close up on one of the people's in the forwards that highlighted the ring too. I'll, I'll have to look back on it. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if that's it's starting to tie together, which is like with certain little details. Um, yeah, I, I even even like getting people um, people's backstories too. Um, like it was it was so fucked up getting like his shot with like the no on his shirt, like oh, like, just like and, like and to to where he is now, and it's like and how much like he's made for himself. It's like I, I like it for like the the tall taleness of of it all, but then like how it all like resolves, like how we just like we just we embellish our own stories. Um, yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm liking gospel. I just like I still need to see it through. Definitely. Next up is All Against All, number three. <clears throat> three of five. Right, writing, arting, and co-creating. Alex Pacnadol and Casper Vingard, and letters by Hassan Atzmani Elhao. Um, I'm not going to get too much into this. This book is one that I'm, I keep not reviewing fully because I think I need to see the whole thing. But I really did enjoy a lot of this. Um, I, I loved the the slow takeover of the animal kingdom <laughs> with the yeah. way they look with the little cap on their heads. And I liked the little baby at the beginning. I thought that was cute as fuck. So oh my um, God, the baby versions of them are just so fucking adorable. Yeah. I really like it and I, I'm enjoying it. But like I said, I think once you get to the fifth one is when I'm going to give my full review, but I'm enjoying it. I recommend picking it up if you haven't. So what do you think? I know you probably have some things to say. About yeah, it. no, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fucking awesome issue where like, yeah, like the first two are like, a mystery i mean you're trying to grasp like how this world works like it's really through the lens of these aliens and they're really not holding back on like or really like uh walking your hand through like how their shit works um in this case i like how it's like we finally almost like slow down for a second with like the the whole like with like the, the dad in this issue um he, he's reflecting on like um meeting his son and almost like oh he has to go back to him and he goes there's like the animal like, the, the animal kingdom and i like how that's like that was his part like i'm like he's trying to he has a destination a goal to get to but along the way he's learning he's learning he's learning all the dangers or all the shit that his other son had to fucking go through as well and it's like does he regret like leaving behind or does he regret like even like not killing him off before so he didn't have to suffer but now we're all fucking suffering because he's this dude is a fucking monster um when it did like the the power scale alone like there's a power scale part in this issue and it's really funny uh, on how strong this fucking uh, dude really is, and I love the cliffhanger. That, that I fell for that last page. It was so good. <laughs> I, I can't wait to. I, I need the next page. I need the next issue to know if he snaps or not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, next up, pair of vampire books starting with blood stained teeth nine. <laughs> Uh, written by Christian Ward, art by Patrick Reynolds, colors by Heather Moore, and letters by Hassan Atsmani Elhau. Um, yeah, I, I really liked this issue. Um, I, I think this is definitely picked up in the second half of the yeah. st- series. I'm really starting to dig it way more. Not that I disliked it at first, but I'm, uh, this has been a lot of fun, the second half of this. 
and him hunting down these more ridiculous sips and stuff. I've been really enjoying that. Uh, yeah. And then like, obviously we have this whole setup with this chick that's with him. Um, and she's obviously like a sleeper agent, essentially. I also really like that. We got his origin essentially with his mother, which I thought was really interesting. Ooh. The little bit about needing to taste your mother's blood thing was like, hmm, that's an interesting little bit of lore. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I think it's really cool. I'm we're about to hit 10 and it says to be concluded. Yeah. So he's finally face to face with the doctor again at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, I also like that he did not see the doctor for his, his own health. He had to wait until someone else was hurt for him to go to the doctor. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. They basically kept telling him to go to the doctor and he didn't until someone else needed it. So, um, yeah, I really like it. I think it's really cool. I'm so, so curious to see where it's going to go with this last issue. So what do you think? It's, just, it's so badass. Uh, well, the, 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 the opening scene is just, it's, it's so fucking awesome. Like this one sip that was maybe a good soul. <laughs> he was like a, a Batman blade esque character. <laughs> I would have been okay with him hit with him uh living. He didn't seem that, guy that was a bad. Tool. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, the backstory is intense. Um the sleeper agent was a fucking badass. Um the tooth guy finally dies, thank God. But her doing the rip, oh so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. The um, hand was just oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um I was just surprised with seeing seeing to be concluded like yo there's I'm sure there's so many more fucking vampires but yeah his health is fucking deteriorating. Um yeah there's so much to to fucking pack into that last issue. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Which brings us to Little Monsters number 10. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Jeff Lemire, Dustin Nguyen, Steve Wands. Let's go. Um yeah, we get an extensive Romy a flashback or Romika as we should say uh, pretty much the entire issue is this flashback and this origin story and explaining a really cool bit of lore that I really enjoyed which was the other vampires aged because they drank human blood yeah like that's and that's a- why the kids have stayed youthful forever is because they didn't there that's is a, a sense really of cool immortality experience. There is a sense of immortality, but it's once you go that extra step with wanting the sweet, the sweet stuff that starts your clock because blood dries up. So why not yours now? So ah, uh, that, that was such a good bit. <laughs> it's a good twist, yeah. And I love that we get all this background, and then in the end, it's like, how does Romy communicate this to them? And God, it's just like. Like just the infinity symbol, and it's just like (laughs) we know what it means, but they don't, and it's so brutal and sad. And I love this issue; it was really, really good. I really liked it. Seeing some of the kids back, that you know, (laughs) yeah. It's like I honestly wanted a little bit more out of the like the older sister. Like there was, it was like the the older guy, and but then like the the middle one uh, before Rami. And I I wanted a little bit more. She was so interesting to me. I I I hope maybe we get more back a backstory on her. Exactly. Yeah. She came and went, and it's like, uh, and she seemed kind of important. Like, and she also gave a shit. Like, she could have just like gone off or like been like angsty because like he's bringing in more kids. But it's like she seemed like she cared. Yeah. And did any of them survive? The old ones. Yeah, I mean, like, right? Like, he left. And came, or it's a almost like a thing like, where, yeah, what he says at the end. Like, at some point, he just has to fucking go because then there's, there's almost like a no turning back thing. 
So but if you don't see a body in comics. <laughs> and yeah, even if you do see that. a body. <laughs> so yeah. Really good. Next up, DC. Uh, we got a couple books this week. I got Monkey Prince number 11. I still never found a copy of Monkey Prince 10, so I had to jump straight to 11. Mm. But luckily, it I don't think I missed too much. Um, it's still the Ultra Humanite uh, and the whole thing. He's trying to summon the Monkey King, the ancient monkey god. So essentially, our character's real father, we think? Mm-hmm. Written by Jin Luen Yang. Uh, art by Bernard Chang, colors by Marcelo Maiello with Adriana Lucas, uh, additional art by Haning, and letters by Janice Chang. Um, I really like it. <laughs> it's basically Monkey Prince comes face to face with essentially the Monkey King, essentially his father, um, and they they don't get along right away. <laughs> um, he's really kind of disappointed in what kind of training Monkey Prince has had. Uh, Monkey Prince does a thing with his hair where he can make clones of himself, but they're basically like chibi clones. Oh, yeah. And then, and then when the Monkey King sees that, he's like, what the fuck? He's like, basically like, is, what, is that supposed to be this? And he does it himself and it's real clones and stuff. It's just like, <laughs> like no one properly trains you and just really annoyed. We get, we also get the origin of how he came to be, how his parents came to find the Monkey Prince. And uh, that's really interesting. I won't jump into that because that's like a fun thing to read. So really cool. I think obviously we don't have much left to go on this one because this is supposed to be the last arc. So we'll see. Mm. It's also curious to see that it does have the Lazarus Planet branding because he's pretty heavily involved in Lazarus Planet. So yeah. Uh, But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've enjoyed this entire run. Monkey Prince has been a lot of fun. So next up, Hustle with Batman 132. Yes, Batman 132, written by Chip Zarsky, uh, pencils by Mike Hawthorne, inks by Adriano the uh, Benedetto, colors by Tommy Ro- uh, Tommy uh, Mori, and lettering by Clayton Cowles. So, Bruce Wayne is stuck in this alternate dimension, alternate reality, where there's Bruce Wayne died, and there never was a Batman. But not like Flashpoint. No, this is not Flashpoint. <laughs> um, so, um, and so we open up, we've, we meet Alfred in this case, and uh, I guess he has a wife, Leslie, and it's, it's, it's alluded that he's fucking rich. Um, but that's what we, we just see him for the first page. Back to Bruce. Um, he's getting to know the city that basically all the cops are do- are doped up on Venom. And and uh, and when he makes it back to like the safe house, the girl that kind of picked him up, um, she's she's kind of... <sighs> She kind of fits this like Jason Todd role. He kind of like like mentions it in like one of his like monologues, but then um, where she like, she's talking about basically she's alluding to panic attacks basically, and where he looks over and like that skeleton Jim Gordon like kind of calls it out like oh like isn't that something like Batman and panic attack go together? But um, and then she and then she and then the girl calls Bruce out is like yeah are, are you like are you seeing shit like hallucinating? And obviously he just replies like no, but he's like yeah no like it's basically the air is also infected with um, um, fucking scarecrow's fear gas. So so basically everybody you need to be taking these pills to repress it or to subdue it. And if not, then they're just like also just one of the crazies that end up going to Arkham Arkham Asylum. That's what everybody gets. Everybody just gets witch, witch hunted um, if you just for being crazy. Um, back at was it like I guess like. 
one of the police stations, like not police stations, but where the bad guys are. Uh, that red mask dude shows up to to Har- like hulked out, like not hulked out, but like roided out uh, Harvey, and Harvey just like ex- like just screams out, screams out, but just like I guess I like, deserve some some aggression. And red mask like basically is like click, clicks a button, and he also has like a venom contraption on his on his back, and he just like goes from like bulked out to like super fucking skinny. And then just like basically just like teach him like yo like whatever you have like I can I can easily just take it away just to remind you. Uh, so the so the story of the uh, of the second half of the book is Bruce wants to make it to this fancy party to see who's actually running it or to get closer um, who's actually there because he hasn't met the actual like mayor who the mayor is like he's just very elusive. Um, Selena's there. Uh, a lot of the villains are there. Selena's there like uh, so and he just has like this thing like Selena will always be Selena. Um, the mayor is up there. He does show up. And it's a, it's it's just a dude. It's just a guy. Um, but then in his, like, he's like, oh, I know that face, like the features of it, that smile, and it might be like Joker, in this case. So he's like, oh, I gotta leave. And that's basically like, he gets caught. <laughs> that's basically like his like like his tell, because um, everybody knows that Bruce Wayne is dead, but they still know who the fuck Bruce Wayne is or what he would look like. Um, there's a <laughs> a venomed out punchline shows up like for into the fight. So it's like two against one. He kind of fights him off, and then a um, Killer Croc shows up, and he actually looks a pretty badass in this suit. Like I'd, I'd want this Killer Croc as a bouncer. <laughs> um, so now for sure, it's it's not, it's not, it's not an even fight. He's gonna get the fuck out of there. And before he does so, he looks he looks out into the crowd, and he see he spots Alfred, and Alfred has a fucking shocked look on his face, almost like he recognizes him too. Um, but it's still just like this now two on one fight. He knocked a uh, Killer Croc out, out of the fucking roof. Um, but uh, he was able to swipe the fucking uh, la- uh, the whip off of Catwoman, so he's he's like kind of okay, and he kind of has an, an epiphany. He fights like this one last cop that's like mugging someone else, like for no reason. Um, fights him off, and they, they both like end on the ground because he's, he's already like so beat. And Jim kind of gives him like the the ghost. Are you gonna do it? Like, are you gonna be the man? Are you, are you gonna fucking strike fear? And as he's fading away. Um, there's a bat hanging on a fucking pole line, and so it's like mid now he might be he might it's, it's time to become the bat again. <laughs> the and then the the side story is back to Tim Drake because he's still trying to figure out to, how to get Bruce Wayne back. Um, and he's he still uh, he's still um um this punishing punishing himself for it. He um. Okay, uh, so Tim Drake is still guilty, has severe guilt over like letting go of Bruce to somewhere else. He's not buying that he's dead. Um, he's tying this. He so he signed that gun that that they that failsafe used um, at the fortress, and so and it was uh, the toy maker, the toy maker's gun, uh, a Superman rogue, and it's either you get turned into a toy or you just incinerate. And basically, Toy Man like went super instead of when John Ken was gonna like get him uh, before he could get him, he basically fired on himself and turned himself into a toy. Tim is trying to figure out how this gun works, and he and you get a you get a sweet uh, cameo um, from Mister Terrific. He he ends up helping out, and so he's working out the gun. He oh, he he basically Tim basically with Mister Terrific's help, the reverse engineer of the gun to be able to open a portal to go. It turns out that when you get turned into a toy, you don't just die and get turned into a toy. You go somewhere else, and this toy replaces you. 
Uh, so he's going to go there. There's a really cute moment where he says goodbye to his um, to his boyfriend. Um, it basically have like one last night because he almost like as one of like he might not come back. If, it, it could not be the right universe. Um, it, it is. Um, so he might get answers for like how this gun works and might. So, yeah, this might not be the same universe of where Bruce Wayne is, but he might get answers to where to go next, if that makes sense. Um, it, it, it was it was a sweet little side story. Nice. All right, next up is The Return. Static, Shadows of Dakota, number one. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I love having Static back. Uh, written Did you get by the Nicholas... Olivier cover? Of course, yeah. Yes. Uh, written by Nicholas Draper Ivy and Vita Ayala. Art by Nicholas Draper Ivy. Letters by End World Design. Uh, yeah, we're back. Virgil is back and awesome and as stylish as ever. Um, I really like this. I, I think it. It's a good first issue if you have no idea who this character is somehow. Uh, it's, you know, it doesn't assume you read the last volume. You know what I mean? Uh, so it does right. a really good job of setting stuff up for new readers, but also pushes things forward. I, I really like the setup. It does look like we're going to be dealing with the Bang Babies quite a bit. Uh, again, which is always really cool. Um, I like the hardware shout out. That was fun. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I really like it. I think it's a good start. I love the art. It's it's great. It, everybody should be reading it. Anything you want to add? I mean, just like the fact that it's like ah, we're, we're getting like yeah, Avon in, into the fold and just like <laughs> just ex- keep expanding the static lore, please. Like this, is, I mean, I'm excited the book is back. I mean, I've been excited the book is back, and yeah, it looks it looks awesome. I really like the the art style again. It's still the same art, right? Uh, yeah, Nicholas. I'm pretty okay, sure yeah, it, it looks it looks the same, but yeah, I just I'm happy that static is back. <laughs> yeah. Next up, Poison Ivy, number nine, our DC Gotham Book of the Year, 2022. Poison Ivy, number nine, as we said earlier, has been extended to an ongoing. So good stuff. Written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Marcio Takara, colors by Ruth Prianto, letter by Hassan Atsumane Elhau. I loved this issue. Um, I'll be simple with it. Um, I loved it because when Ivy left, the internet was stupid. Like they've never read a comic book before and was like, they're breaking up their lesbian characters. I'm like, no, they're not you idiots. Like just give them some time. Like literally we, you and me talked about it multiple times. I won't get into it again, but they needed some time apart. And this issue basically confirmed to us. Yes, they are who are meant for each other and they will be together, but they can't be together right now. Yeah. Let them have their own story for now. You know, I thought that was really cool. We get Ivy and Harley back together. And yeah, I really, I really liked it. Uh, the Lamia Spore thing was a little frightening. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Don't kill Harley." Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And Ivy finding out that her powers aren't quite as on the fritz as she believes was interesting. I think that's going to lead into our next arc. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. So wonderful issue. What do you think? Uh, first, I have to shout out to the the Dotson cover. I just. I loved it oh, to nice. just have a bath curated by Pamela. That would be amazing. All the covers were actually really cute. Like I, I really, I could not decide on which one I really, I really wanted. The Dan Moore was really cute. Even the cover A is just like adorable. Yeah, I got the A. In case yeah, it was, it was so. Uh, they were all really, really well done. Um, but yeah, like that's, I, I really like that. We, I mean, we finally got Harley back. Um, but it was just like, yo, let's just like at least like check in with ourselves, like. Harley gave enough of a shit to like to go over because like 
Pamela gave a sh- gave a shit enough to send her letters. Um, but now it's like a, a real a real catch up on like where we are now, where we can go from here. Obviously, they still want to be together, but yeah, like we have to finish something. Like obviously, Harley could have also just like dropped her thing just to stay with with Pam, but her city girl's not gonna let her, and she also has like her own book to finish. Um, but yeah, no, it was yeah, really good. That's, also, that's the other thing with it, the mm. practicality of it. I love that they both have books, and if they were together in Gotham, would they each have their own book? Continuity, yeah, right. Like it, then you get the whole like, oh, these you can't keep it together. But it's like, so I like that we're still establishing this, um, and yeah, but like I like that we also get to find out that maybe the trail that Pam has been leaving behind is actually been a good path, like the shit that's been growing ever since. Like, yo, she she has been sending out these like places to kill off, but some of those have actually been growing for the better too. So. I'm glad this has, has turned into an ongoing. Like more fucking poison ivy like this. Yep, one hundred percent. Awesome. And our final DC book is Lazarus Planet: Next Evolution. Uh, so multiple stories. We'll go through them as quick as we can. Josue was able to read it, but doesn't have a copy in front of him. So if he doesn't specifically remember something, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, The Vigil, Sino Evil, written by Ram V, art by Lalit Kumar Sharma, colors by Rain Burrito, and letter by Dave Sharp. Um. Yeah. So this one is it features Red Hood, Jason Todd. Yeah, and he runs into what seems to be a new force called the Vigil, uh, which seems to be a group, and we don't know too much about them. But I like the look; it looks cool. So that's great. Uh, second one is the Flatline story. Yes, which I knew me and Hostway were looking forward to. Uh, written by Brandon Snyder, art by Laura Braga, colored by Matt Herms, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, one thing I will say, and Marvel does this too, but DC does a little bit more. The age of characters varies greatly depending on who's drawing them. <laughs> yeah. And Flatline looks significantly older here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of like, like, I know what Damien looks like, and this makes it weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's That's my problem, so... Um, but yeah, long story short, uh, she has a confrontation with some the the League of Shadows and ends up opening an urn. And what does it unleash? But Rachel Ghoul. Now, why was this not the last story in the book? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's like the big reveal. It's like okay, now and, and after that, I'm like okay, now we got to read something about Deadeye. And I'm like, I don't even know who Deadeye is, and it kind of took me out of the story <laughs> a little bit, like. Um, but then, yeah, the third story about Deadeye, uh, who is related to Amanda Waller. Apparently, I just don't like Amanda Waller. So, yeah. Written by Chuck Brown, pencils by Aletha Martinez, inked by Mark Morales, coached by Alex Guimaraes, and lettered by Troy Pateri. We do know that Waller is going to pay a pretty or play a pretty important real role going forward, based on the end of Dark Crisis. So, you might have a pretty good role. I'm not sure. So. Which is the final story, Red Canary, written by Delilah Dawson, art and colors by Brant and Stein, and lettered by Troy Pateri. I liked this one a lot. It was very massive verse, very like, I'm a hero, but I have to like deal with my personal life at the same time kind of thing. I really like I like Red Canary already, so um, yeah, really cool. Uh, so obviously, I know you want to talk about the flatline, but was there anything else, anything you wanted to talk about within this? No, I basically made it to, like the flatline part, um, and I was like, "Oh!" And then, yeah, I, just, I, I saw Amanda Waller. I was like, "Wow, just, just I really don't care where that develops." You should read uh, the Red Canary story. It's the last one. It's really good. I might read that. I might go back to that one. I'm curious. I'm curious what book spins into or out of the um, 
the Jason Todd Vigil book or where where that one's going to go. Yeah, they've been teasing a bunch of stuff without telling us where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be interesting. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, obviously the racial goal stuff and the flatline stuff, that's what we really loved. And Right, that, that'll be like the main chapter for the whole event. Yeah, Very interesting to see what that changes in the future. All right, awesome. Mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to switch over to Marvel Comics. Going to do some quick fire ones. Joe Fix-It number two. I got this cover where Spider-Man's playing poker against him and Hulk make him, makes him fold. Ha ha. Ha ha, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this Peter actually, that'd be a good theme variant, like sp- Spidey sense of, but like with jokey shit with his friends. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, writer Peter David, art by Yildare Senar, colors by G. Cunniff, and letter by Ariana uh, Mar- Mayer. So this is just continuing that story of Joe Fixit. Um, in the last issue, he completely embarrassed the Kingpin, and now Kingpin's pissed off. Kingpin gets like a gas that makes him lose control and Hulk out essentially and start destroying his own workplace and Spider-Man's there to try to stop him. Mm. Pretty easy setup. I'm not going to get too much into it. It's an issue too. Um, but yeah, um, sets that up pretty well. I love Joe fix it. At one point he basically invites Spider-Man up to his, um, up, up to his, uh, hotel room and it's just full pretty ladies. And the implication <laughs> is Joe fix is banging all these chicks. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, like honestly, like, the the Joe Fix It uh, persona aspect plays a real, actually, a pretty important part in the Immortal Hulk storyline. I was actually impressed by like how he treated that that part, that portion of it. Nice. Next up, Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur number three, um, written by Jordan Efuego, penciled by Alba Glez, inked by Jose Marzan Jr. with Lorenzo Riguero, colors by KJ Diaz and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, I like this issue quite a bit, actually. Um, she can be a character that a lot of people don't like. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because she has Reed Richards syndrome, where oh. she's so smart that she's hard to be relatable. Uh, but I think the series is doing a really good job of addressing that she is that, but also addressing how she can be different. Right. Because it's literally like everybody kind of points out, you just you think you're smarter than everybody, and you are, but you really don't think about anyone else. And it kind of gets addressed in this because she has to make friends, you know. And this issue is really, really good. One of her friends does a pretty big sacrifice for her. So she has to come to grips with that and, like, realize, you know, other people are out there. You know what I mean? So that, that I really like this. It's really good. So uh, it's been a really great series so far. Next up, Avengers War Across Time number two. This is the time-traveling Kang story. Writer Paul Levitz, art by Alan Davis, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Cory Petit. Uh, this is where the um, the Avengers break into the Baxter building to try to use Doom's time machine when the Fantastic Four aren't there because they're going to chase Kang across time and space. Um, but instead, they screw up and they accidentally summon Sindri, the dwarf from Norse mythology, who is the one who created Mjolnir. Um, they get into a fight with him because he's like, why am I here? They're like, why are you here? And I'm like, just talk to each other. Um, but he takes Mjolnir away from Thor because he's the one who created it, so he can. <laughs> and this is going to be a two-parter, so we'll save a full review for that. Next up is Miracle Man number four. That's what you need to read this shit. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, it's so good. Written by Neil Gaiman, uh, co-written in art by Mark Buckingham, colors by Jordi Belair, and letter by Cl- or Todd Klein. 
it's just it's cliche to compare it to fables because you know Buckingham, <laughs> Buckingham. <is doing> <laughs> But if you're looking for something like Fables, this is a this is the shit. If you're looking for a superheroes style of fable story, this is it. Um, it's really really well told, and I forgot how much I love this story. It makes me want to go back and read the original and see if it still has the same impact. Mm. Um, but there's like this looming alien threat, and there's the whole thing where um, Dicky is still upset that Miracle Man tried to kiss him. And he's away still, and Miracle Man is talking to Miracle Woman, and she's just like, I still think I'm right about him, and they're like, there's a lot going on here. And it's really, really cool. At the end of it, it says to be continued halfway through, and then we get this this backup story done with like a traditional art style. It's still Mark Buckingham, but you know, you can see like it's like you know, original oh, yeah, art yeah. style. And it's a backup story about young Miracle Man fighting young Nasty Man, which is like the bad guy version of Miracle Man. And it's like, it wraps up. You can see it's very traditional comic style at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. But then the very last page, you see it's actually in, in this, this story, young Miracle Man looking through his memories in the mirror, oh. trying to figure out what's going on. So it actually ties into the story really well. So really cool. I love this book. It's so good. I wish I could... I wish it had digital codes like every other book, but the, for some reason they didn't give this one digital codes. So. That's so weird. Oh, just this, just this issue, just or Miracle all the Miracle Man's? All the Miracle Man, because it's a That's reissue so of an original. Uh huh. I guess that makes sense, but yeah, yeah still. <laughs> I know. That takes us to some books that we share. Ghost Rider Eleven, uh, written by Benjamin Percy, guest artist Dave Walker. Colors of Brian Valenza and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, we find out a little bit more about Exhaust and the role that Exhaust plays right now. Basically, Ghost Rider's bike is Exhaust, essentially. Um, and it gets very weird, like this relationship he has with them. And he starts having nightmares. And it's kind of implied that Exhaust is the one giving him these nightmares. Um, also, Talia is dangerously sexy in this book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I hate this. <laughs> like, I've, I'm not saying this because of the, the physical resemblance. I'm saying this because of how I felt watching it. It reminds me of when I watched the girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> and I was like, this girl scares the shit out of me, but also turns me on in a bad way. Like, I love her so much. So, um, yeah, I really, really liked this issue. It is about them just traveling around solving problems, which is a great concept for a story, these two just traveling around. And yeah, they end up going to uh, Georgia and uh, Savannah, Georgia, no less. And it basically looks like the entire city's on fire. So obviously there's going to be some big situations there to deal with. Um, next issue is the return of Danny Ketch, though. We know that. Ooh. So I'm very excited to see how he plays into this. Uh, what do you think? Um, I, I just I fucking love the series so much. I, I fucking love the series so much. Um, it's a, it, I didn't realize that he was riding on exhaust, like that exhaust turned into like the bike. Though I did crack up at the end when I probably wasn't supposed to. When the bike takes a, a maximum overdrive, turn. <laughs> I fucking love maximum overdrive. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it was a little bit of that. And yeah, it's just like yeah, Talia is just it is hot as fuck. 
uh, I like that we actually get like this sort of, like a montage of like the side adventures that we could have gotten as issues. Um, it's just it's so fucking badass. Like Benjamin Percy is just so fucking cool at Marvel. <laughs> yeah, he's killing it. He really and is. Everything he's doing is good. Like I, <laughs> so. I, I need to be con season already because I need to hear that man's voice again. I know, right? <laughs> All right, that takes us to Captain America: Symbol of Truth, number ten. Uh, oh, I should mention, I got this variant for Ghost Rider. Oh no, shit! I got the cover A. Let me see. Ooh, nice. Good chain I, also, play. I also got a variant for Captain America, so I bring it up. So, ooh, cool. I got this one. Nice. Kind of like the whole like Freedom Force kind of look. Yeah. Thing, so, um, so written by Tochi Yonobuchi, art by R.B. Silva, colors by Jesusa Bertov, and letter by Joe Caramagna. Yeah, uh, Joaquin is pissed off and is attacking Falcon. And I mean, there's not a ton of development in this issue so much as there is just like. It's the showdown between Sam and Joaquin. Mm-hmm. And Nomad gets a little bit involved, and Sam is like, back the fuck up. I got this. And yeah, it's really sad. I feel bad for Joaquin. Me too. Like, even though I do like the weird tentacles coming out of his chest, uh, that's just, it's weird, but I really, I do feel really bad for him. Yeah. But Sam has to put him down, essentially out of commission, not dead. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> it, it tells us he's not dead at the end, which is good. So. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see. White Wolf has a lot to answer for. So. <laughs> a lot. And then he suited up too. And I was like, geez. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting pretty close. Probably 12 will be the big confrontation, which will be really cool. So, mm-hmm. All right. After that, Black Panther, number 14. I got the no prize cover. The- Do you know what a no prize is? <laughs> no. Okay. Because I'm old. Um, so... It used to be Marvel would give out no prizes in comment sections, like the letters, letter pages. Oh, yeah, yeah. People point something out, and they're like, wow, you wanted a Marvel no prize. And they would send them this envelope with nothing in it. <laughs> and, and it's just Marvel being trolls. I love it. And so I saw this, and I'm like, well, I'm getting that one. <laughs> so That's funny. Um, written by John Ridley, art by Herman Porata, colored by Jesusa Bertov, and letter by Joe Sabino. One issue left, Josue. No! Uh... <laughs> I this is setting up the next era of Black Panther. Yeah, very well. <laughs> we find out that not only is Chala no longer king, he's no longer a citizen of Wakanda. <gasps> what? Yeah. So Namor's cackling <laughs> is just like was the best. <laughs> he's like, ah bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's great. I love it. Uh, my first thought was, does that extend to the intergalactic empire of Wakanda? Oh, good question. Very good question. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it seems like the Atlanteans, the Avengers, and and T'Challa's group are teaming up to go after Jai now. Um, <laughs> I still, I loved the Emancipated. They're great. They're just fucking wrecking shit. It's always fun. Um <laughs> I still love that we have a character named Buffalo Soldier in the year 2023. I'm wondering, in all of their shit-talking, that of all, of all Avengers, it would be Carol to be like, yo, wait, you guys, you know you can't say that even here when nobody could understand you. I wonder if they, the Emancipated just said something overtly wrong. And Carol's like, you need to say sorry right now. And that's where we got this the, the confrontational panel. Yeah. Uh, the highlight for me was the page with Shuri, gentle. Oh and, yeah, yeah, right. Like that little like power up Tosin. 
Mm-hmm. Like them, them basically having an anime power up moment. I was like, "Fuck yes, let's go!" Like, I want more gentle in Black Panther. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I kind of want this to be a love triangle. Part of me really wants that to <laughs> be a love good. triangle. Like she's she's with two guys that have vibranium tattoos. Like that's great. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, really cool. Um, I feel really bad for T'Challa. He's not going to be Avenger. He's not going to have a country. What's he going to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. What'd, you, what'd you think? Anything you want to add? Um, what I want to add? Um, yeah, no, the, also the, there's a bit at the end when uh, Jai's force is like, yo, Black Panther brought people that we don't know how to fight against. It's like, but you still know how to fight. Like, fucking take care of that. Just because like they got the cheat codes, the god mode against everyone else. Like now that now they're actually scared again. It's like, did you just forget all your fucking training, dude? <laughs> Go fucking out there. Yeah. Also, them sharing the technology with the Atlanteans was a curious moment. Yeah. I wonder if that's gonna have long reaching implications. That was I know. Yeah. <laughs> cause cause, I, cause I, honestly I don't want um well I I don't want Folosay to just to be completely wrong and have to try coming later, see, ah, I fucking told you, like, because she's running her own now, bitch. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want her to be like completely wrong about this either. So, yeah, I, I'm very curious how this will play out. Yeah, I want the changes to Wakanda to be like Krakoa. I want this to be a long term thing, right? Like, I don't want this to be a year long story and then everything gets reset, right? And I think Marvel's been really good about that lately, of just being like, if we make a change, it's a change. Let, it's let's have it stick for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've been really good about that. So. All right, next up, Secret Invasion number four. Yes. <laughs> Written by Ryan North, art by Francisco Mobili, uh, colors by Jordi Biller, and Letter by Joe Carmagna. How badass is Maria Hill? <laughs> She's fucking badass. She's I had so forgotten, I'd forgotten where we left off, so like when I picked up my, my issue, I was like, it, it all came flooding back. Like, oh, I was so excited I, <laughs> to, to come back in. Yeah. Uh, oh, I should show you. I had to get the variant, the Lionel U variant. I thought about it because like, of Secret Invasion. Because I see the full circle of Secret Invasion, like getting more from it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think she's faking. I don't think she killed all those scrolls. <sighs> I think that's her plan. Like, I think her, or Tony and those scrolls. Oh, no, I guess Tony attacked her then. I don't know. We'll see. Yes. Um, I think she has a plan, is what I'm saying. Because she's Murray Hill and she's a fucking bad. Yeah. Oh man, her in the suit. Her suit was actually cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes because now it seems like the scrolls have taken Maria Hill and Tony and Nick Fury off the board. So what's gonna happen from here? Yeah, they've had Nick Fury. There's only one issue left. That's why I think she has a plan. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm sure be, I'm sure it'll be a, a sweet twist. Um, but yeah, it's just how like uh, like they, they look pretty fucking dead in the in the when she how she just dropped those bodies those are just could have been other scrolls but then now i'm just being racist too <laughs> yeah we'll see so <laughs> <laughs> all right next up namor oh number five the finale conquer chores namor conquer chores number five i should say yeah written by christopher kentwell art by pasquale ferry Colored is by Matt Hollingsworth and letter by Joe Carr Magna. Um, it kind of was the twist I expected, but it doesn't mean it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you can see it coming doesn't make it a bad story. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was the Atlanteans all along. Uh, it was a Tuma all along. And possibly 
possibly the queen? <laughs> like, Don't ask me anymore. <laughs> like, how much is she had actually involved? Like, it doesn't really tell us. Um, it's Nomorita, by the way, not Nomura. Those are actually two different characters. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, but I yeah, just, I just hate Nomorita. I hate that name. I bet. <laughs> Speaking Spanish, I bet you absolutely hate it. <laughs> Ita. Um, but yeah, basically, they a tomb is taken out, and the Atlanteans kind of go fuck off and do their own thing in the ocean. And now Namor is of the of the land again. But now that we have all these humans that can have babies that were being held, uh, kept, you know, safe, they can start to repopulate again. And of course, the first baby is half human and half Atlantean, which is a really awesome circle back to Namor's whole origin. To his, really yeah, cool like this, the potential of this future um, hopeful yeah. ruler, as not but not as a dark as Namor. Also, maybe half mutant. <laughs> but again, it's half yeah, mutant. I have, yeah, I was going to say, mm, so. I really liked it. I thought it was a really cool, good, concise story. I like that it's like an AU thing, so things can actually happen and stay and stick. Oh yeah, like like Captain America dying. Yeah, I, I was I was waiting for him to come back as well, or in some pod, but no, like he fucking drowned down there. Sucks. Yeah, I really liked it. Anything you want to add? No, it, it was great. Like, I, like I'm glad that was like I, for a, we got a Namor book, which is just like already like doesn't really happen, but then also like an AU Namor book in the far off future. Um, which has been like a really cool play that Marvel has been doing as well, like, like going to like Dark Ages and like all these other minis that we've been having too. Nice, yeah. All right, and the last Marvel solo book before we get into our genres, I had to save this one for last because Jesus Christ, <laughs> Daredevil number eight. Yes. Uh, fuck yeah! So written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Cicchetto. <laughs> Cutters by Matt Wilson and Eric Arcenega and letter by Clayton Cowles. So the thing I love is when Chichetto doesn't do one of the is- issues for a while, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he's planning something big and he's having to take <laughs> his time, isn't he? Yep. And and because the last one was Delator, and I'm like, why isn't Chichetto doing it? I was like, oh, I know why. He's got something coming. And it was this issue. Um, it's Daredevil versus the Punisher, straight up. And their armies just throwing themselves at each other. And I really liked it. It was fucking great. Cole was fucking awesome in this. Rocking the fucking shield, dude. (laughs) Like, I remember when they first introduced him and we started realizing he was going to be a big deal. Like, early on, we were like, I hope he sticks around. I hope he becomes a major deal in the Marvel Universe. And yeah, here he is fighting the hand with US Agent Shield and saving people in the middle of a war. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, everything with the dragon was awesome. Um, fucking Stiltman's like suit in this fight is actually really badass. Like this body armor, it was super cool. I was gonna say I wanted to build to it, but <laughs> suit, suit man being the MVP two issues in a row, always great. <laughs> so gotcha, boss. Like I was like, oh, the history those two have, and for Stiltman to save his life, like I'm like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Really, really cool. I really enjoyed this issue. It was violent. It was great. The whole spiel Daredevil went on about how he's the Punisher's Punisher and shit was awesome. Dude, yes. Uh, Electrifying Akka was really cool. Like all of it was just great. I loved was it. It was it was it's it's Stegron, right? Like he he was like holding down the fucking yes. dragon at one point. Like that like did his mind tele- telepathy. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, Stegron and was it? Absorbing Man? 
Or no, it's Wrecker. Is Wrecker? Uh huh. They just fucking decked us, decked the dragon in the face. I was like, yes. Like I loved that. Like Stegron again. We're taking all these characters and really doing something with them, which I really enjoyed. Um, what an issue! What a fucking issue! This this could have been a four part mini. This fight, they could have easily <laughs> made it a, a long se- a mini series itself, but it was one issue. Uh, nothing's really resolved, which is kind of makes sense because they have their own series to worry about, and you'd have to radically change one. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You probably want to build to a crossover for that, but it seems like Daredevil soon going to be completely distracted by the fact that he's going to have to fight the Avengers. So Daredevil's little ragtag team against the Avengers. That's going to be fun. Stiltman versus Thor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, but I loved it. What'd you think? Um, I mean, it, it was, it was awesome. I, um, I love the, the twist with the shield. Like I hella appreciated that. Cause, um, I, thought, I mean, I thought you think it's just going to be Daredevil. Like, he stole the shield, so he's, he's going to be rocking it. It's, it's already sporting his colors. The cover even fucking says so. But then he's like, cool, take this. I, I, immediately, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I give it to him. Like it's, And he's like so badass with it, too. Um, the Yeah, I, I'm your fucking Punisher. <laughs> I tweeted this. Like, I have to repeat on the, for the show, for the record. Only Matthew fucking Murdoch can make Catholicism sound fucking cool. Like, god damn. <laughs> Yep. and then um and also him like getting the eye slash that's a dope look too <laughs> yeah definitely yeah the i'm your punisher line i i, I flashed back to tombstone the i'm your huckleberry i was like yes <laughs> like i love that shit so um yeah great shit i can't wait to see where this goes it's yeah. so good and the fight against the avengers i'm gonna cheer against the avengers so oh for sure that's how much i'm loving this group so <laughs> all right next up Star Wars, The High Republic, number five, because we're going to a galaxy, galaxy, far, 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 far away. Uh, written by Kevin Scott, drawn by Andrea Bercardo, colored by Frank William, letter by Ariana Mayer. I'll be very quick, because um, it only really just builds off the last issue. Mm-hmm. In that large city, they basically turn the general public against people who use the Force. And now there's basically a big riot going on of people trying to kick all the Force users out, which which culminates in the destruction of a very important Jedi Monument is what I'll say. Uh, so yeah, everything seems to be turned against the Jedi and other Force users. Meanwhile, there's also a jailbreak, which includes uh, the thief that we've been following, who is probably going to help the Jedi in this story, which I'm really excited about because he's really cool. So not going to jump too much into it, but read it. The High Republic is so good. If you are disappointed in the way Star Wars are and you're not reading these stories, you're the problem. You're the reason we only get Skywalker stuff. <laughs> so that's why we get Han Solo... Or not Han Solo, um, fucking Obi-Wan the show. Like, no one needed that. So, Star Wars Hidden Empire number three. This is the one about the Crimson Dawn. Speaking of... Oh, man, I should have gone. <laughs> <laughs> that backfired. I actually like this one, though, and it does fill in some blanks. So, fuck it. Yeah. Written, written by Charles Soule, art by Stephen Cummings, inked by Victor Olazaba, colored by Guru Effects, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Um, this one more ties into Dr. Afra than the, the central story okay. more. Um, so it's really cool. My, my only thing with this is I don't like Darth Vader and I've never liked Darth Vader. I don't get why people think he looks cool. He just looks like an action figure. He looks cheap. <laughs> he looks like he's made of plastic. I've never found him threatening. I don't get it. <laughs> like I've never like the scene in rogue one that everybody's like, Oh, when he showed up and yeah. it looks terrible. It looks fucking oh, terrible. He's God. just like, 
It's just like, oh, look at me. Look at me threatening with my sword that I'm barely swinging. I'm like, God, it's awful. I can't stand that character. Now, this issue features Darth Vader as a threat very heavily. Mm -hmm. But it's comics, so you can do a little bit more with comics. And also, he kind of gets his ass handed to him for a minute, which is pretty great. Because there's basically a group of orphans, uh, people who live their lives dedicated to feeding Darth Vader, essentially. And Kira hires them to do so. Long story short, they get the the cage out that they need to get that has the the Sith hidden in it. That's gonna they're gonna release to fight Darth Vader and okay. the Emperor. But to get it out, they have to leave the orphans behind to fart, fight Vader, and essentially Vader kills them all. And Kira has to give that order essentially. So, Ooh. so Kira's definitely shown a bit of a darker edge. I mean, she has a dark edge. She always already shown it, but it definitely seemed to be like at what point is she worse than the Empire? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's yeah, really interesting. So. All right, next up, we're going to swing over to the streets of New York for some eight-legged books. Well, like Goblin this week. Yeah, right. Gold <laughs> Goblin number four. Uh, so this one, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Alain Medina and Rafael Pimentel, inks by Craig Young, Rafael Pimentel, John Lifeson, Roberto Poggi, colors by Antonio Fabella, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, after the last issue that had the really heartwarming story with Jack-O-Lantern, mm-hmm. and this was just a cold ice bucket shock back to reality <laughs> of it's not gonna be okay for norman osborne <laughs> like it's just not gonna it can't be at this point uh long story short we get a follow-up with jack lantern that does not end well that's all you really need to know we're not gonna get into the specific details of that um also like i do like that he like the bit with peter i thought was really good um I thought, you know, him being basically like, you don't need my approval for anything. My company's yours. Do what you want with it, basically. I thought that was really cool. Um, And also, we get another, you know, confrontation with Queen Goblin at the end. Now, there's a very famous moment in pro wrestling where (laughs) Stephanie McMahon gets in a limo. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) And she's like, driver, drive away. And the driver turns on and the Undertaker. And he goes, where to, Stephanie? (laughs) Every wrestling fan I know just said that with me. I'm not kidding. It's very famous. And this last page was 100% that exact scene. That is so funny. (laughs) Where Norman gets in the car and he's like, drive away. It's like, it's Queen Goblin. And she's literally like, hello. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I loved it. I I want this played out like with like the actual movie norman osborne because i think you oh my God. The fuck out of that <laughs> so uh but really cool i i, I again the jack lantern thing i like how queen goblin is basically haunting him yes and i think that is going to lead to him having to take his sense back like you know almost like like toying with him the way he would toy with like not just peter like anyone just like in that torturous psychological way mm-hmm. i think it will lead to him having to take his sense back i mean um, yeah you have to put it back together but yeah but really good. What do you what do you think? I'm I'm so curious on that. Um, either the the what you shouted out. I'm actually really really psyched that Peter has basically full playground privileges privileges at Oscorp, which makes me curious on like if like if anything if anything should happen to Norman, um, will he inherit this and be like almost like a Horizon Horizon uh, Industries too? Because <laughs> that'd be fucking cool. Just like have have him get a thing again. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. But like, yeah, it, it's it's still sick as fuck. Like, it's, I've been enjoying the I've been enjoying this uh, this series, this book, this Norman for like the last couple of years because it has been a compelling story for him. Um, but yeah, was it is, is it a mini? One more issue? Is it? I don't think no. It's just it's just continued. We'll we'll see how long how, how long this goes. But I honestly have no idea. Yeah, I I, I, I assumed at first I assumed it it was a, it was such a mini title. Um, so but it's just to be continued. So and we'll, so we'll see. Um, yeah, it's just I'm so curious what is the path for Norman because he really does want to try. But like like like, I, like I've been thinking to myself, it's just like he has he. You can't really. You can't also just grow and be forgiven when you don't even have your sins in you to forgive yourself for. So, like that. So I'm 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 so curious how that'll all play out. Yeah, nice. All right, that takes us to another Goblin book, Red Goblin, number one. Now you and me kind of were thinking, how is this going to work? Like, how are they going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, written by Alex Pacnadel, art by John Bazulda, um, colors by Dave Kira, and letter by Joe Carmagna. We were kind of worried, like, he would get twisted by Norman and be crazy. But really, it's Normie has a symbiote, thanks to Dylan, and <laughs> kind of wants to be a superhero, but can't really control it, because he's a little kid, and the symbiote is basically a puppy. So they're the worst possible combination when it comes to responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> and that plays out to humorous effect, in fact, which yes. I thought was really great. Um, I like the fact that symbiotes like chocolate almost as much as brains. I thought that was a good touch. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, really cool. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is let F- Phil Yerk just rest, please. <laughs> the poor dude, stop trotting him out. I feel bad for him. A like, little bit, yeah. Just let him die. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, it looks like Phil's going to be the big bad of this this mini. So, what do you think? Um, I, I was it was actually pretty cool that they that they brought back um, the Goblin Nation that 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 came up that that was spawned from. Uh, it was literally towards the end. It was like the last arc of the Dance Lot Superior Spider Man. It was literally the arc that made um, Otto go being like, I can't figure out the go- the Goblin. Only Peter could, and which is why he gave him like the the helm again. Um, and then that's like I, I didn't think there was still being like uh, Goblin Nation around. I thought that would be like disbanded or forgotten, but here we are. So I, I so I do appreciate this callback, and it's actually kind of a cool team for for Normie to just like or for an adversary for Normie to to to, to fight off. Um, it was it was a good start. I actually liked it. Yeah, definitely. Which brings us to our final spy book, which is Amazing Spider-Man number nineteen. <laughs> yes, I got the no prize. Oh, okay. But I had to get the Fantastic Four. What if the <laughs> Disney characters were the Fantastic Four? Why isn't that a Fantastic Four variant? I, I asked the. I thought it was. <laughs> I picked it up. I'm like, okay, cool. And the only thing I could tell you is on the very back it says I mean Spider Man nineteen. Yeah. But, like, but below it it says Fantastic Four, what if all this stuff. So it's just like it's Nico and I were laughing at it at the shop where it's just like, look at this, like it's because it, it is a very cute, it's a great cover. It's for Spider Man. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> guest writer Joe Kelly, guest yes! and colorist Terry Dodson. Uh, <laughs> guest inks by Rachel Dodson, letters by Joe Caramagna. Um so I saw Joe Kelly, Terry Dodson, and I was like, please, 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 please. Yes, it's a black cat issue. <laughs> I, I mean, what, like, the, 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 the cover A? No, I didn't get the cover A. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. Peter and uh, Felicia go on vacation. 
and so does MJ and her husband. And that's <laughs> awkward. Uh, I just love the way Dotson draws Black Cat, and I will always will. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, especially it's when she's like, fun. even like not even the suit, but like when she's standing up in the car. Like I just I love her so much. She's the best, dude. I love her so much too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this looks like it's going to be a two-parter, and it basically says as much. Yeah, it's just like a filler arc while they work on the next arc. Um, and I really like it. More Felicia forever, please. <laughs> so, um, it, I like the setup. I like I like the threat. It's a low-stakes threat, but it'll be fun. I'm wondering if MJ's powers are going to come into play in this case. Ooh, we'll see. Because it, it is established. Peter finds out. Yeah, it is established that this is after uh, their mini too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I love it. I've, I mean, again, it's Joe Kelly and the Dotsons. You can't go really go wrong. So, anything you want to add? Um, I just, I fucking, uh, the fact that Joe Kelly, yes, Joe, Joe, please, all the Joe Kelly filler arcs. If Joe Kelly can only be the one thing, and like, if Marvel's only going to use Joe Kelly as Spider Man filler arcs, then fuck it. But like, make it more, make it happen more so. Um, and in this case, like, what's fucking the Dotsons? What a great pair because Joe Kelly loves to push the, the spiciness in Spidey. And the Dawson's are all about spiciness, so I loved it. Even like when when uh, Y Cat leaves the room, and it's like, <laughs> "What did she say? How's my face?" Flush with passion. I loved it. It's such a good joke. Um, and it's, but speaking the boxers. of boxers, yeah. And speaking of and the fucking boxers. And speaking of jokes, though, um, because like like this is like post um, MJ Black Hat Mini, and like they they they, they form they've had this bond, but now they formed this bond. And they're in this particular situation, and they're—I love them just grilling Pete. I love them just grilling Peter for like all of his worminess that he'll just like sink into. It's the, almost like he's like, "Oh no, they're on the same side." <laughs> yes. So what is that? Like, the whole like, just, like this is super awkward, and it's like, "Oh, we're just um, on, on our respective romantic weekends." Romantic, huh? Yes. Yes? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Or them that's like, or that, or the fact that the husband and Black Cat both fell for the the marketing coupon, which is just like hilarious. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, I like the little reminder that Black Cat is by by her being like, "Dude, I get it sexually." Right. We're not even that, but it's just like, I mean, she's so comfortable with herself. I mean, she's hot as hell too, but like, she's so comfortable with, like with herself that it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, it's just like it's it's you you could. Oh, you could just have the best and honest conversation, like the best and best and honest uh, relationship with Black Cat with Felicia, and everybody just fumbles the fucking ball. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's go to Krakoa. Yes. X Men Legends number six. Um, this is the uh, Will Spatracio two parter about the origin of um, Bishop. Oh, that's right. It's really good. You should read it. Damn it! And it's just it actually leads. Of... It leads directly into the next. Damn one. it! Yeah. It's so right. I forgot. Yeah, so uh, written by Will Portacio. I always say Portracio, it's Portacio. Okay. I always say that wrong. Uh, Brian Haverlin, art by Will, uh, Arif Prianta with the colors, and Joe Carmagna with the letters. It it more digs into like the moment before Bishop comes back in time mm-hmm. and tells you more of the setup of it, and it kind of leads up right to that moment. Tells you a lot about Fitzroy, tells you a lot about Malcolm, like all of Bishop's buddies who technically can be brought back by the five because their bodies are in like they died their bodies came back with them and thanks to wanda's ability she put backups of mutants that never had backups which technically could be these two that's true 
we could bring Bishop's buddies back, and that would be a really cool story. I'd be okay Aww. with that. Just throw that out there. He just so mellows a- the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really cool. I just love the way that Will draws Bishop, and I always have, and I always will. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the power he gives him. No, just absolutely. Still, like, uh, yeah. Just, like, no one's ever drawn him better, in my opinion. Honestly, I kind of want to get these Which- issues just because of, like, yeah, how he's drawn again like that. Yeah. And just like he's just so cool, and then also the way he draws Fitzroy, this fucking face. Yeah, holy shit, that's threatening as fuck. Like mm-hmm. that's why Wills is arguably my favorite image founder. I've always really liked Wills's art. It's just nice. insane looking. So, uh, but good stuff. It's it's a flashback, and it does literally fill a gap of time that we didn't have any information really about, and it mm-hmm. tells the story. So I think that's really cool. That's what this book should be about. Next up. Straight off of that, let's go to college. War college, that is. Uh, <laughs> Bishop, war college number one. Uh, I love this book for a couple reasons that we'll talk about in just a moment. Okay. Um, written by Jay Holtham. Penciled by Sean Damien Hill. Inked by Victor Nava and Roberto Poggi. Colored by Espen Grusinger. And lettered by Travis Lanham. First of all, the lineup. Um, obviously, Bishop... We, we've had many discussions about Bishop in our time as friends. Yeah. Um, you really didn't like Bishop for a while. I think you've warmed up to him, is it safe to say? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basically... <laughs> yes, I have, but I'm, basi- I, I'm basically fucking Danny Moonstar in this issue. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I've warmed up to Bishop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, I like Bishop. I like, I mean, he's a cop, unfortunately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, that sucks, but he's a good cop. Also, yeah, X-Men Legends does kind of make him out to be the good cop. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's like the cop that's like, why are we imprisoning children, basically? So. Um, so you got Bishop, right? And then you got his class. And I think this is a very curious class. So let's start with yeah. Armor. Armor is the future leader of the X-Men. We all know it. Yeah. So love that. Good stuff. Uh, next up, Surge. Finally. Love Surge. Yeah. <laughs> give Surge a fucking highlight. Love it. It's been her turn. Yeah. Yeah. Aura Charles, which not a lot of people would be familiar with. Uh, Aura Charles. I, I Probably if you read Age of X-Men would be what you would know Aura Charles from. Okay. If anything. So that's all I can really point you to words and then uh cam long who was in new mutants mm-hmm. um so like kind of a mixed group and then one of our brand new mutants and i love that we are already involving a mass in main stories i love that they just got here <laughs> that's yeah. really cool so so that's fun but also we have moonstar who makes a guest appearance which was a lot of fun and tempo we love tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really interesting cast. I really enjoy it. And it's basically Bishop being like, these people need to know how to fight, how to defend themselves. And it's him attempting to train them as such. Unfortunately, Fenris attacks, of course, Fenris being the twins who fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> and have always sucked. Um, but they attack from below and the mutants are trying to stop them. And two things happen. All the students get sprayed with a thing that takes away their powers. That's a bummer. Secondly, Bishop, and I believe Tempo, I believe Tempo's with him, gets teleported somewhere that is the Xavier School 
except everybody is black. And I love this so much. It's the most <laughs> ludicrous idea, and I cannot wait. I just hear these angry shouts coming from the <laughs> south of the U.S. of all these men being like, but they're not black. <laughs> Jane Grey can't be black. She's too powerful. Like, you know, shit like that. So I'm very excited. Um, I want to see what caused this. Yeah. Uh, or if it's just literally an alternate reality where everybody's black. That'd be great. I'd love that too. So, uh, but yeah, good hook, good cast, fun story already. Mm-hmm. I like the kids having to do their own thing without Bishop. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, really good. What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm really liking like where we're like, I'm, I'm seeing it now where like, this book could be like without it being like just too many things at once i feel like this book is going to serve um we are going to get the mini soon but it's going to be ending this book is going to serve having like a dash of like new mutants like like the lost the lost club like with like the and like the, this team having to figure on themselves um and then um well, obviously it's a break from marauders too like with like bishop just like <laughs> taking a b but it's like the man can't stop so what's, what's the next thing he's going to do he's going to train this team um, and also just like the whole like time travel thing too. Um, I did like, I mean, like the fact that that opens up with, uh, Danny's letter, uh, to Ileana being like, just like, there's a lot of problems with, with Bishop, but it's like, and we should probably be careful with this. I was like, maybe she was like jealous, not jealous, but just like, she was starting to do her own thing. We didn't get to like explore it more often, but, uh, in, in new mutants, like she wanted to be teaching a new class. This new class being in Bishop's hands is just going to be too brutal. So I, so I also did like the the next info page from the Quiet Council and the War Captains with like specifically the last part being um, the don't break them, train them. Just like pace yourself too. Like you you can you know how brutal you, you can be. Like these are just these are kids that that, that don't know the future that you came from. So you can't just like ha- have that against them uh, just because like they're too green for you. Like train them, don't break them. I just I, I really like that part. I think it'd be cool if this this kind of story led directly into like the next X-Men election. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like one, one of these kids graduates to the X-Men essentially. That'd be cool. I'm for sure. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Our final book. And I know Josue cannot wait to talk about it. (laughs) Starting off our sins of sinister crossover storm and the brotherhood of mutants. Number one written by Al Ewing. Art by Paco Medina. Colors by J. David Ramos. Letter by Ariana Mayer. Yeah. So we're in Sense of Sinister. And we see what goes on with Storm. And the fact that they destroy Rocco. And we get an appearance by Sugar Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. I love me some Sugar Man. We'll talk about him later. Um, so I love the the group shot of the Araco citizens, mm-hmm. like ready to defend right at the beginning. Um, I thought that was dope. I like that death is there. Yeah, um, Anubis. Yeah, yeah. So, um, or, or even like the fact that that um, that Richter's still around too, or um, Richter still, uh, has stayed around. Uh, Nova. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. They make a point of that, and I think they made a point of that in Sense of Sinister. In, yeah, and the other one, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Roberto seems to have fallen, which yeah. broke my heart immediately. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool because these are mutants that can't essentially can't be brought back is the whole concept. Um, I love a lot of what's going on here. I like John Ironfire, who is a new character. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the 
the marrow uh marrow maggot chimeras oh geez i'm like someone was a really big fan of like 2003 ish x-men um but it's just really cool i really like the idea of it um it's obviously between each issue we're getting a massive time skip which i think is really interesting Mm -hmm. and i like that the original goal was uh, like we found in the first issue okay sister has a moira that he can reset time and obviously that's going to be the goal that's what we're going to be chasing the entire crossover right Mm mm-hmm and he, we found at the end of Sinister Alpha where he's like, oh, I'll go kill her. Oh, she's not there. Oh, shit. We found it here that it was Destiny that took her. And Destiny's like, my wife is alive in this timeline. That's all I really need. So now the new goal is kill Mystique. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Um, and obviously she's allied with the orb Sinister from Eriko. With a spade. Yeah, with the spade on his forehead. So, really interesting. I like where we're going. I hate that these are once a week. One a week. I want multiple once a week. I don't oh, want fuck, one I know. And, and then, and then the, the, the way the chapters work is just like the how we're waiting that much longer. We're not, we're not just waiting that much longer for the issue. We're waiting that much longer in like time-wise. Like the next one will be like a century later. So, it's like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. No, we know Rasputin's coming. Yes. So that's good. Something to look forward to. So, but good start to Sense of Sinister. I think it's really cool. What do you think? Um, probably because I'm just like ingrained in on the in Age of Apocalypse when is when the, the whole prologue and Storm is giving everything like all the information. The the angels Ma- Madrox just gave me like like that was Sinister's Madre uh, army. Yes. <laughs> Call yes. back to Age of Apocalypse. Uh, but yeah, no good shit. Um, oh, fuck, it's just. I'm just so giddy about this. Like the, the fucking betrayal. It's like we had it coming once, but it was like we knew it wasn't gonna happen, but now WizKid, like how how could you? <laughs> I love Sense of Sinister. It's just such a great great event that we know holds no meaning. Obviously there's gonna be a, a reset back, but god damn it, this is just still so fucking exciting to see like what could happen, what is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Any other books you've been reading? Uh, I did continue more of Age of Apocalypse, not as much as I wanted to. I had um, a big old, big old oopsie daisies um, with my Fall of New Vegas campaign that just really killed me this week. <laughs> just like everything that everything that could have possibly gone wrong, uh, just fucking did. So, <laughs> so I really uh, cut into like my reading time because I just I didn't know what to do with myself. But um, it it is uh, did be like the next four issues, so issues two of Astonishing, Amazing X Men, um, the Generation Next, Generation Next for sure. I know there was one more before that. Um, the Generation Next is just insane. I, I love That's how the best. it's like the most gritty out of it. It's like it's like I don't say like the most nineties though. I do fucking love the art style to it. This is the issue where. Um, there was just like such an awkward scene with uh, Quietus and Paige. That's one of my favorite scenes in comics. For, was for a very long time. It's, oh, and the Gamma and the Externals issue number two is, is the one I read. Oh, it's so good. It, it is. I fucking love. I really do like that team. Like I, I like how Richter's a bad guy in, the, in in that one. But and it makes sense now. Like in during the Krakoa era, where Richter was like very close to Apocalypse. Um, it, it's just it's just awesome. But yeah, but but that scene with Quietus and Paige and. 
drinking. It was just, it was such a dark fucking scene. And then, then he drinks the fucking thing and Vicente comes it's out of it. It's, 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 it was <laughs> oh such boy. a good scene. It was such, it was such a good scene. Um, it, it definitely picked up. I was like, oh, fuck, I, I, I do want to like see this, see this all the way through. Um, it, it was a good scene. Because for a second, I thought that was Mondo. But it's like, no, no way they would, he would go that dark. Mondo's great, dude. Um, yeah, that book is so ridiculous. If you think about it, mm-hmm. like... It was Scott Lobdell and Chris Bacalo. Yes. What a fucking team for a weird, like fifth most important mini in a crossover. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a powerhouse team. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably my favorite book of that entire run. Mm-hmm. Game of the Externals is up there, though. Nice. Yeah, I, I do like the setup of that team, that journey. The roster. The roster, right? And, like, and this, like this journey that has nothing to do with like the main fight. They'd have to go on this, like almost like another suicide mission. Like they might not. They have to go to like this extreme cosmos for this one crystal to reset reality. And it's like, like, are they gonna make it back home? It's 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 a really good story too. Not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really good. Have you been reading Factor X at all? Um. Yeah. No. It's it's part of it. I think it's I think what's coming up. It was just like a weird order for the second one. Factor X is really grim. That's the thing I like about the Cyclops one. if you want to, yeah, if you want to see like really grim versions of characters you're familiar with, that's the book. Yeah, no, these, this omnibus has everything. The next one is the Weapon X story, so I'm assuming then following after that is oh no, then it's then it's Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur is really good too. So great, great crossover. I love then it's Factor X. There it is. Okay, yeah, that's coming up. Speaking of which, I got I told him way already, but I got my Sugarman figure. Yes, and he's fucking amazing. Twinsies. I got the other one, yes. but yes. This is like the classic one, I guess. Oh, okay. It was unboxed, and I think this came out at the time of the Age of Apocalypse, actually. I need to put a new battery, because I guess mine says something, like the mouth moves. Oh, that's great. But it um, it was at Greg's, and it was unboxed, and it was um, it was like 30 dollars. It's 25 for but, mine, too. I, I got mine during COVID. But it was on sale. Oh, okay, it, it, nice. It was on sale, so I got it cheaper. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll take it. I'm like, my friends literally read Age of Apocalypse for the first time, so yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> So yeah, awesome. Anything else you've been reading? No, a very, very, very light week. Uh, week for my side reads this week. Yes. I finished Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I haven't read much of anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been off, so I've been playing video games. I've been playing a lot of Yakuza Kiwami. Nice. Um, and a lot of uh, Overwatch Two, and very definitely not playing Hogwarts Legacy. So uh, yeah, fuck that game. I'll, I'll play it when it's free. I, no. I have no problem as long as she doesn't get a dime from me. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going to play it because I don't want to even accidentally promote it. Yeah. So, uh, the only thing I want to mention is I'm sure because you worked at a comic book store, you saw this, but they put out a sketchbook for the Stormbreakers. Oh yeah, all. absolutely. I see them all the time I think, when they were, when they recent ones. Really, really cool. So I was I was flipping through that. So, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't have anything else. Are you pretty much done? Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find us at WHI Podcast. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. And you can find Josue at Josue Reads Josue. Check us out on there. You can ch- see when our new episodes drop, which should be every Saturday morning. Uh, you'll see a Twitter thread there with every issue that we reviewed, as well as full credits and timestamps. You can also follow our other show, jukebox vertigo at jukebox vertigo on twitter that is our musical playlist building show where we with our friends and special guests built a playlist 
based around a certain randomized mat- uh, musical, almost said magical category, <laughs> musical category. Uh, our most recent episode was the roulette where we randomly determined the category as we went, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure to check that out. That is up right now. Um, our next episode is side projects and we already have one special guest lined up. So I'm very excited to talk about that uh, with you guys. So once again, follow us on jukebox Vertigo at jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Also follow Josue on Twitch at Josue plays Josue. As he says, he's playing through fallout new Vegas right now, but every Monday evening after a new episode drops, he does a listening party where he listens to all the songs that got added to the playlist that week um, talks about it. And we kind of listen to it together, have a lot of fun. It's always a blast. Mm-hmm. So make sure to follow him again. Once again, Hostway plays Hostway on Twitch. Um, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Mm-hmm.